and welcome to episode 69 of the Digital Relics Podcast, where every week we share our thoughts on games, movies, and culture. I'm your host, Jason Stever, and I'm joined today by my good friends, Nick Sandelsky. Hey, guys. And Josh Greenwood. Hello. Here we are. Yes. Our final episode. Mm Mm-hmm. 69. The end end of the world has has finally arrived. Mm Mm-hmm. 69. Well. It's been a journey. Yeah, it has. I actually uh, just randomly listened to our first episode a little bit Mm -hmm. this week. Oh, wow. Yeah, we've come a long way. Very different. I forgot how different it was. Yeah. One thing, for some reason, I felt like it was a good idea to speak at a really high pitch. (laughs) 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 Like, like, hello! (laughs) Yeah, just, yeah. Plus, we covered so many more topics. Yeah, yeah. No, we've clearly become a lot more comfortable in front of a a microphone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. A lot more polished. And it's crazy to think that we were using the same microphones then because it sounds so terrible. Really? Ridiculously bad. Wow. I'm like, how did it even sound that bad? Like we're broadcasting in a submarine? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, but yeah, here we are, the final episode. Uh, just gonna say right again, right away again, that uh, this does not mean the end of us as a podcast group. We are starting uh, our next podcast series, not another sequel. Um, our first broadcast will be August twenty sixth, and again, not another sequel is us covering movie franchises. Mm-hmm. Each week, we'll cover one entry in a franchise. Uh, I'll go down the play-by-play, we'll review it, we'll cover what we like best about it, what we like least about it, uh, favorite villains, favorite heroes, favorite scenes, etc. And we'll uh, go through each entry of that series one week by week and rank them as we go. Uh, I guess it's time where I can share that. First of all, last week, like we mentioned, uh, Not Another Sequel is on all podcast services, so go search uh, your favorite podcast service for us. You should be able to find us. And we do have an intro uh, clip on there, and I guess we might as well reveal now that the first series that we will be reviewing is the Predator series. Ooh. So we'll start with the, the, the original Predator on the 26th, followed by Predator 2 on September 2nd, followed by Predators on September 9th, and finally, The Predator on September 16th, which is the weekend that the movie opens in theaters. So that's where we're starting. Mm-hmm. Very that's exciting. A, that's a... It's a solid start. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're sprinting off the off of the the uh, starting line, and I don't think it could be po- possibly like a manlier start. It's a very yeah, exactly, very yeah. muscly start. It's yeah, road, it's a road uh, very muscly. A road littered with strongmen. Yeah, yes. we're we, governors. It, it really depends. <laughs> Dead governors everywhere. <laughs> Dead governors. Um, it's gonna be littered with uh, strong black actors. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, that describes us perfectly. Strong exactly. black, yeah, governorish, <laughs> dead, dead, yeah. And, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're really looking forward to it. Hopefully, you can tune in, watch along with us. It should be a ton of fun. Uh, but with that said, let's get started with our last episode. Uh, so this one will be a little different. We are skipping our news segment. We are skipping our game of the week, and we're going to pretty much talk about what we did for the last uh, week, and then we're going to go into uh, kind of a special game where we'll all reveal one by one our top ten movies of all time. Uh, we figure this kind of ties in with our, our next podcast and kind of the themes there. And uh, I've been wanting to share uh, our lists for quite some time, mm-hmm. so I figured what better time than now. Our it's final a good episode. segue from 
from this podcast into the next. Yeah, so. kind of give you a taste of what our preferences are for film yeah. uh, going forward. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to hear you guys' oh. lists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we, we I, don't know what each other's lists are either. No, so. no we don't. And They're probably I, all identical. I guarantee you I, I will hate Josh's <laughs> list. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Josh. Yeah, right. So. so, Nick, let's hear about your week, man. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so, I had a really busy week, um, but I still managed to play a shit ton of God of War. Yeah. Um, kind of telling you earlier before the podcast. Um, I they, like these side these side quests that uh, um, had been really bugging me, and I need to finish them before I continue on the main quest. So I, um, the, the big side quest, probably the hardest side quest in the game, is like I said in, in the past couple podcasts, beating the Valkyries. Yeah. Releasing their spirits. That's what I call masturbating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, honey, I'm going to be upstairs beating the Valkyries. <laughs> That's good. I remember that. Um, so, yes, uh, I wanted to get that done before this podcast, and I did. Yes. I fucking did it. Um, until, well, then I got to the, so I beat the eight Valkyries as part of the quest line. I go return their helmets. And lo and behold, there is a realm tier or realm. What's that called? Shift thing. I can't remember. Yeah. Well, you, you stick your hand in it. Shift. Whatever. Yeah. Realm I don't shift. Know what the term is. I don't know. It doesn't fucking matter. But anyway, so I stick my hand in there, thinking that I'm gonna get some kind of goodie, <laughs> and out comes the mother, the queen of the Valkyries. And you're like, son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Um, okay, I'm like, and I I remain calm. I am a god of war. I'm Kratos. <laughs> like, everybody back up. And like, everybody, I got this. Just chill out. Treyos. Yeah, Treyos, get the fuck out of the way. So, I lasted about five seconds. <laughs> oh, really? The first time you really yeah, just got it? Was, it. I just got raped, yeah. Well, I shouldn't say five seconds. I I, I, I got her down to like uh, 10%. Or down 10%. To 90%, she, yeah. I got her to 90%, yeah, exactly. And, um,. Um, so I had to regroup, collect myself, <laughs> cried for a little bit, tried again, and a little better. I think I, I think I knocked her down to like fifty percent the second time. Okay, and you're and like, okay, I can do this. I'm like, yeah, I can do, I can do this. So, anyways, I continued that for three hours. <laughs> it's like a yada yada yada. Three hours, <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Three hours later, it's like midnight. I'm my, beard, really, my beard's grown three inches. Yeah, I'm, I'm really fucking pissed. I'm like aching. I've got my underwear wrapped around my head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm like trying to strangle myself <laughs> with my socks, and I gave up for the night. Woke up like playing Russian roulette around yeah. the <laughs> yeah. by myself. By myself. Yeah, you and Trico. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I woke up Saturday morning. Christopher Walker walks in. Yeah. Start shooting guns <laughs> woke up Saturday morning and um like pretty early and because it was bugging me all night. Played it played so, once. So you tell me like you woke up from like a dream like yeah a wet dream. like tossing and base, turning base, like base. sweat all over you yeah it's it's pathetic i know but <laughs> like, I, I just care. figured it, was, it out he it was, runs down the stairs yeah <laughs> basically it was kind of how it went yeah sat down first try fail second try beater so well you mentioned nick i mean that is such a childhood thing where it's like the you know games were harder i think back then in a lot of ways mm-hmm. but like where you'd fight that boss 85 fucking times in a row and it hits this point where you're like i just i'm not getting anywhere yeah i'm almost getting worse and then you take an hour-long break or a, or a day-long yeah. break you come back the next day and you beat it that you first beat time it. yeah exactly you're, you're like, like i'm fresh fuck. i got it yeah exactly felt amazing got nice congratulations year. yeah thank you thank you and um so yeah now i can continue on with 
I don't know, whatever the main story is with, now. I with can't, your life. I can't with be real in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I can actually go outside for the first time in months. <laughs> you don't even care about the game yeah. anymore. You whatever. You can reestablish human relationships. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Regain. I don't know who my parents are anymore. I can finally take a shower. Yeah, I think yeah, exactly. Go back, find a job, like, you know, and all that. Just, you just realize you actually have a kid in here now. Yeah. <laughs> Nick's like, what? Wait, Trump is president? What? Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, I thought Obama was president. <laughs> so, yeah, so that that was that. Um, That's awesome. So you still haven't beat the game, but yeah, but but you're right I, I can give my final score. Yeah, let's hear it. Because I'm like eighty. I'm probably like ninety percent done with oh, it. Oh man, I'm gonna like a drum roll. Uh, this game is a ten out of ten. Woo! Yeah. So yeah. that's not shocking. The more important it's not question. Shocking. More important question is: Does it rank above Zelda? Um, Breath of the Wild, yeah, it does. Nice. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, we started the podcast with Zelda. We're ending it with God of War. I what know. A, what a great beginning and ending. I know, exactly. <laughs> it's, I don't know how they did it, um, but it's shame insanely Nick. addicting. The story is incredibly polished. It's actually shame over there. Yeah. yeah. Shame. <laughs> you, have to, you have to take off that Nintendo tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> That's like Nick's evolution as a person through this podcast. Pretty much, Going yeah. from Nintendo to Sony. Yeah, you know, exactly. Um, Who's the president of Nintendo? Reggie. Uh, Reggie. I think, like, you know, ever seen that scene in, like, The Shining when the kid is trying to, like, communicate with the black guy? <laughs> I, bet, I bet you that just happened right now. Like, <laughs> Nick's, Nick giving his score of a PlayStation yeah, game over yeah, Nintendo. Reggie's like, it's called Shining. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what just You just killed somebody, Nick. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, yeah, absolutely incredible game. Um, what really gets to me is just every part of it is just top notch there's there are no no negatives no glitches storyline's amazing acting's amazing graphics are good okay yeah and yeah so uh graphics where do you rank graphics pretty highly i mean you have a pretty high-end gra- uh, gaming uh, pc graphics are yeah they're good i mean i don't think the they're best. the best ever yeah they're right, not the best right, but some of it's kind of bad like some of the environments at times you yeah can tell. it can be kind of yeah. rough um uh, kratos is Kratos may be the best-looking single character model I've ever seen in a game. Yes, just like he looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And then um, Balder, one of his the people mm-hmm. he fights, is really, really, really well. Animated. I think really it's the art direction that really puts it over the yeah, top at times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. The settings and everything. Everything. I mean, some really, really cool settings. Like you're like a dead giant there's a dead giant and you're you get yeah, go into like just the scale the scale like when we say giant we're not talking about like a 12 foot dude he's like uh, yeah. 300 feet yeah exactly you're just like toppled over exactly and cool. yeah and the lore and um is in phenomenal with you know, with odin and and, mm-hmm. yeah. and chris hemsworth is in chris it. hemsworth and cracking yeah. crackin jokes exactly yeah and yeah <laughs> yeah that'd be awesome that'd be awesome <laughs> So, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, phenomenal game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're not king. <laughs> um, yeah, that was pretty much all I did this week. Uh, otherwise, besides kind of spending a little bit of time uh, thinking about the next game I'm going to play after God of War, I'm not really sure yet. I don't know. I've been kind of looking at a game for the Switch. Um, yeah, what well, one? It's like, um, what's it called? You know, a game that would be right up your alley is Dead Cells. Mm-hmm. It's like a 2D uh, Metroidvania okay. ro- roguelike style game, okay. and uh, just a beautiful art direction to it. You should look it up. Dead, yeah. Dead Cells. It's one of the top reviewed games this year. It just came out like two weeks ago. See, there there was another, and it's uh, like a pixel art, beautiful looking Dead like, Cell, sixteen bit uh, 
type game. Oh, really? That sells. Yeah, just bookmark it so you can look at it later. Yeah, but. I think... Yeah, I, I, there was a game I just saw, and I'm trying to find it, but I, I don't know. There's another one called Celeste, which is excellent, another uh, kind of 2D yeah. side-scrolling yeah. game. Yeah, kind of like looking, going, going down that avenue again for a little bit. You yeah. know, I did buy a couple... PS4 games recently. Want to give your Switch some love? Give some Switch some love for a little bit. Because you know you're going to be back on that PS4 pretty quickly at some yeah, point. You've got a lot of games yeah, exactly. coming. So. Exactly. Especially yeah, with this past week, there's been some pretty good news. So um, Yeah, I'm actually a little bummed we didn't share any. We're not doing news this week. I know. Cause so it's like, so much shit has happened this yeah, week. Exactly. All i got to say is check out the Red Dead Redemption 2 gameplay yeah. trailer because it's, yeah. check it's out some shit that's never right. been seen before. And then Google ball sacks on the, on the horses in Red yeah, Dead Redemption. Man. The best nut physics I've um, ever seen on a horse. Insane. Yeah. In, like, perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Josh is like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you saw it. No, as you know, we've got a friend that works at Rockstar. Yeah. That's what I texted him. I'm like, A-plus ball fig- yeah. physics on the horse. <laughs> this is going to be game of the year. <laughs> game of the year just for the ball physics <laughs> on the horses. Yeah, no, it's, it's amazing. It's like one, like, if you zoom in, like, 300%, you can see the balls on a horse, and you're like, oh, yeah, it looks... It looks perfect, yeah. yeah they see every like, pube on it. Yeah, they look like ball, they, they look, yeah, balls. Yeah, great balls. Great balls. Nice, great, nice pair of balls. Good job, Braxter. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, check that out. Um, otherwise, I, I didn't get a chance to um, watch the second season of The Expanse. So yet. disappointing. Did you finish the yeah. first season? I did finish the first season, Did you yeah. finish it last week? Uh, did I? I don't think you did last week. Uh, maybe you did. Maybe I did. I don't. Maybe I did, but yeah, I just didn't. I ran out of time. So okay. Um, you ran out of time. Ran out of time. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. I think that's about my week. No, it's yeah. funny. Just going back again to our first episode. Yeah, you were like the Nintendo guy. I remember. Yeah. Self described. And uh, it's just funny. I listened to our intros, and you were like, I'm not, you know, I don't really have time to watch movies. And I was like, oh, man, that's changed. Like, just some things that have changed, and obviously you weren't into Marvel at all back yeah, then. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Just, um, yeah, yeah. In a relatively short amount of time, our yeah. lives are very different. Fuck. If you think about what, what you were doing back then. Like, yeah. Had, did, you, had, did you start going back to school at that point yet? I think I was in school. Yeah. I think so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I don't know. Like, was it, was, was it even real? Was it, <laughs> did that actually ever happen? Yeah, did it actually ever happen? <laughs> About dream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you took the red pill. <laughs> took the red pill, exactly. So yeah, it's been a great journey. I've had a pleasure doing the podcast with you guys and it's been very pleasurable. It's been extremely pleasurable. You upset that you're moving. Changing, yeah. <laughs> Wait, next time moving anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to start uh, new adventures. Yeah. So, yeah, what about you guys? Well, it sounds like a great week, Nick. Yeah. Congratulations on the God of War. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's it's been the expanse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> finished season two, uh, purchased season three, well into season three now. We're like episode nine of thirteen. Holy fuck! Yeah, we watched five episodes straight last night. Damn, we were up to like after one in the morning. Couldn't help it. Was not the plan. But yeah, we'll watch a couple, and you know, but no, it got too damn good. Um, episode eight of the expanse season three is one of the best episodes I've ever seen in any show ever fuck just you know like sometimes you watch an, an episode and you're like literally on the edge of your seat yeah and you're like <gasps> yeah yeah that was one of those i wow. mean i was audibly like oh my god what's going on yeah um yeah it's i feel like there there was a certain point during season two when i'm like it went from being a really good show to like a top 15 show and then mm-hmm. there was a point in season three where it went from being a top 15 to show to like i don't know top three top five mm-hmm. i really really love this show it's really good and uh, I think it's really evolved a ton since season one. Uh, I actually think 
you had mentioned in season one that maybe the one spot that Battlestar um, beat out the Expanse was mm-hmm. in character relationships. Mm-hmm. And now I would almost say character relationships are the strong point in the Expanse. Mm-hmm. They've created so many really just fabulous, memorable, meaningful relationships between a lot of characters that you wouldn't expect to, um, you know, jive with each other. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, yeah, the ambition of the show is incredible. And, uh, you know, we're four episodes from the end of season three and I have no idea where they're going to go, mm-hmm. which is always, you know, really fun with a show where it's like, fuck, man, where are they even taking us here? Because mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, without sharing any spoilers, it just setting up directions that it's like man this is going to change things so yeah yeah, special effects continue to be better every season uh they add like you know three or four characters each season as well and they integrate so well like Mm -hmm. the new characters they add end up being some of my favorite characters which says a lot about Mm -hmm. the writing of the show so i'm really excited to see what amazon does with it i've i've read from the showrunners that they're very pleased that they um get to work with amazon because you know when you're on a cable tv show you have to be exactly 42 minutes long you can't be 30 seconds longer Mm -hmm. because you need to fit in that exact window because it's you know you're airing yeah there's a show that needs to air after you you have to have room for commercials all the other stuff whereas with amazon or any other streaming service you can be 45 minutes long or 51 minutes long or however you want to tell your story so there's a lot more freedom there they said and then they they said they're not limited by the cable like they're not gonna be limited by swearing Mm -hmm. um they can put a little more violence if they need to or a, a, a you know like a nudity shot if they need to just freedom that way to you know, writing that way. How is that compared from season two to three? This was or is well, season three is still this is all sci-fi. So oh, it's still on sci-fi. So oh. season four will be the first season on sci-fi. Okay. So. Okay. Um, explain uh, how is the uh, how does the uh, duty scenes compare from season three to four? <laughs> 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 yeah, obviously there's pretty much no nudity on sci-fi. No, but no. But yeah, Nick, I can't wait for you to watch more. Nick, uh, Josh, I don't know if you started yet, but I can't wait for you to start. Uh, mm-hmm. Really yeah. into it. I'm going to be really bummed when we finish this because it's like, yeah. now what? Empty hole. That's my only regret. I'm like, part of me, which is, I'm like, I wish I would have found this show three years from now so I would have six seasons to watch Exactly. Through, you know? Exactly. But, yeah. yeah, what a what a lovely show. Yeah. Uh, that's about it for me, though. I, I'm really into Battlefield 1 as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said last week, they released a 4K patch. Anna and I have played every day this week for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'm just like you know, getting fully into it, going online, reading about the weapons, seeing what stats are best, seeing what loadouts are best, playing around with those loadouts, getting really competitive, getting really into upgrading my character and leveling up and that whole mm-hmm. thing. They pretty much got me hooked, but you know, over the last two weeks, I probably put in twenty to thirty hours already, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm quite into it. Nice. Yeah. I have this like picture in my head of like you and Anna like dressing up in like World War One clothes, getting ready to put on your boots. Yeah, <laughs> it's time. Time, Get your bayonet. Put on your pointy hat. Time yeah. to go to the time to go to the trenches. <laughs> You're like building trenches in your house. <laughs> I mean, you got like claymore set up all over the yeah. place. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here to watch out for that claymore. How many times I gotta tell you? <laughs> She's digging the trenches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean again the only bummer with that is Nick, you play on PC. Mm-hmm. Josh, you've got a PS4, so it's like fuck. Yeah. Because I would yeah. love to play with you guys. Mm-hmm. I'd love to play, but it's not meant to be. No. It that's a... Uh, that's a great candidate for cross-platform. Yeah. Of course, you know, looking forward, if there's a game all three of us are interested in, I'm, I'm more than happy to buy it on the PS4 if it's something we'd, we'd play together. So we'll just have to keep an eye out moving forward. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah that was my week. It's a good week. Josh, I'd love to hear about yours. <laughs> yeah, you would, wouldn't you? 
Oh, wow. Speaking of nudity. A lot of, a lot of beating Valkyries, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad, you got to, I'm, glad you got, I'm glad you got to beat your Valkyrie. Um, oh, man, I've been uh, playing some pretty crazy amounts of gameage lately. Um, gameage. I've kind, oh, of, kind, of, yeah. I've kind of like had this weird week where like I'm like waking up at like... Two in the morning and like playing like the and weird. Two hours into a game and you're yeah, no, like I'll, I'll go and I'll like I wake up. You're at a boss battle. I'll, I'll wake up at two in the morning and I'll start. I'll like play this random game and I'll be like, and I'll do the random shit. Like, are you sure this is? Are you dreaming this? No, no, like oh. I'll wake up and I'll do all this shit. Like I'll never do in a real like when I'm playing games. I never want to like. Ugh, I don't want to look for shit. Sure. So like I wake up at two in the morning and all I do is look for shit. Like like stuff Nick does when he plays the game is like, like look for like completionist oh, yeah. side question. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I just I'll play it for like four hours and go back to bed. Nice. <laughs> you're like in a fever dream. It's like the beginning of apocalypse now. You're like in a sweaty room with the fat above <laughs> yeah. your head. Like, oh, that's how I wake up every morning. Um, I'm uh, kind of going between uh, Assassin's Creed the uh, the Rogue, which I like. Oh yeah, that's right. I like that. I think that story is interesting. It's actually more difficult, I think, too. So, are you preferring it to Syndicate so far, or? Uh, you know, it's a game I wish like they they put some more like put some more polish. Like, effort. Yeah, and it would be a more enjoyable game. Um, otherwise, I'm then I uh, picked up uh, Skyrim this week. Wow, nice. for twenty bucks. Uh, that game is still twenty dollars. Yeah, I mean to be fair, they did remaster it for the new system. Oh, that's it looks true. pretty and good. Get, still. And yeah, you get all the expansions, correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I was playing that for a while. Are you enjoying it? Oh man, like I spent like twenty five minutes like trying to figure like oh, create man. your class and stuff. I'm like, oh, he looks ugly. I'm like, oh, he's so dirty looking. Yeah, like, I mean, Skyrim has held up pretty well in a lot of ways, but the character models look pretty shitty nowadays. They're pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I tried, like it took me like twenty minutes to figure out how to like remove the dirt from my character's face. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, dirt uh, removal simulator. Yeah, then I'm playing Major League Baseball. Just finished the World Series. The show. Yeah, the new one or, or is it last year's? Oh, uh, seventeen. I'm gonna pick up eighteen pretty soon. Okay, but uh, went to the World Series, Seattle Mariners and uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Nice. nice, and we lost. Oh no, <laughs> that game is so. I like you got that swept game. or what? Yeah, I like that game is fun because it's like it's really it's a fun like sports game to play. So did you actually play like a whole season? Yeah, like a full, not an abbreviated one, just like a full. Yeah, a full season. Oh, nice. Um, Isn't that like it's like 100, 120 games? 162 games. Nice, Holy man. Shit. But, uh, I, I like the game because it's fun to play. It's really well. It's like, you know, like a tight ship. Yeah, it's but a it's great full baseball of like, game. It's also full of like a lot of glitches, which are really funny. Like your guy will be like, at the end of the season, your your sports agent calls you, and it's like this blank screen. Your, your character's like this is supposed to be in the screen, but it's like there's nothing there. There's nothing there. <laughs> so it's like just a random talking, just no <laughs> nice. talking to a blank screen. But uh. Yeah, you know, I haven't really watched any great movies this week. Nope. I feel kind of sad, though. I can't think of anything. <laughs> yeah. You haven't started watching The Expanse, either? Oh, no, I haven't. I haven't found the right time yet, but I will. All right. You can wait till all six seasons come out. Hey, uh, you know, our, our next show, Not Another Sequel, is not going to be... Not, doesn't necessarily have to be limited to, to movies as well. So mm-hmm. when season four of The Expanse comes out, who knows? Maybe we we'll, could maybe do we'll that. cover that. So. Yeah. Well, I have been watching, I should say I have been watching a lot. I'm re- re-watching The Office. Oh, oh nice. nice. And uh, watching like, the early season. I like the early season. Early so, season's like what? Like two and three? Yeah, or? one and two. U.S. version? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I, it's funny because I, I think the show is still pretty funny. Like the early stuff is really funny. 
it, but like I find sometimes like the description of the episode is a lot more funnier than like the episode itself. <laughs> you know, like the so one you more... don't think it, that show's held up well? No, I do, but it's just like I don't know. Maybe it's because I've seen it and like and yeah. I read the description of the episode. I'm like, oh, I know the character. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like right. Michael and Michael and Dwight try to identify the homosexuals in the office. That was yeah. like yeah. <laughs> gay witch hunt. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. yeah I've I've watched that whole series like four times. I still love it. Mm. I'll even now, like just last week, I'll just pick a random episode to watch because it's hilarious. It's a classic show. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of good, like show I like to watch before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, it really uh, kind of created a new genre of television mm-hmm. with the whole documentary camera style yeah. and that whole thing. Yeah. yeah, I find myself like noticing things that like I didn't notice before, like. Like characters, like you, you learn who the characters are, the actors and stuff like that. And you mm-hmm. notice, you start to notice, like, oh, like, oh, this character wrote this episode. And oh yeah, for sure. oh seriously. Yeah, so, you have oh. A, so you have like a more appreciation for their the work. Yeah, Mindy Kaling wrote a few episodes. Yeah. DJ yeah, Novak. BJ Novak wrote a yeah, few episodes. So. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Then I have like this. And then you get to see John Krasinski's evolution into a beefcake as well. He's like this little scrawny guy. Yeah, exactly. Then I had like this like crazy theory in my head. Like there was like a conspiracy that like all the vending machines, all the food the vending machines was turned around. Yeah. But I thought like oh because of like copyright, and like because the first two. Seasons, oh really? You can't see any of the. Yeah, like, you, like if you look at the vending machine, all the food in the vending machine is like turned backwards. Oh. But then the later seasons, you actually can see food. Right. So really? I'm like, I just like like the show probably got popular enough where they could mm-hmm. get sponsorships Afford. or whatever. Yeah. That's funny. That's a that that's one of those shows where it's pretty startling from season one to just in to terms the final of, season, for example, of, yeah. Well, just in terms of like setting, the lighting, and everything. Oh yeah, 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 and makeup, and makeup, stuff. yeah. yeah. It, it's pretty pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm good show. Awesome. Yeah. All right, guys, you ready? Let's do it. Ready to do this to dive in? I'm scared. Our top ten films of all time. I'm so curious for you guys' picks. Yeah, me too. I, because. You know, I, I try to do a mix of, like, what I just personally enjoy, whether or not they're classics or not. Right. And then also, like, giving appreciation for those classics as well. And then I was just curious. I'm like, I hope I'm not picking, like, all movies from 2000 and newer or something where it shows, like, yeah. a really limited love right. of film. So I think I had a pretty good variety, but mm-hmm. I guess we'll see. So who wants to start? You want me to or uh, one of you guys want to start? Well, how do you want to do it? Um, okay, yeah, start. the way we're going to do it is going to be like a round-robin type deal. Each of us will share our number 10 in a circle, mm-hmm. and okay. we'll explain why we like it. We'll discuss for a while, and then we'll go on to number 9 in a circle, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, I can start. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's hear it. I, 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 I'm interested because I'm going to hate it. I know I, I know. love no, it. I, I kind of felt like this is the same way as you. I'm like, you know, how do I how do I um, tackle right, define this, a define this list? Do I, do I define it off of movies that I just really enjoy? Do I define it off of... Movies that are worthy. And so instead, Nick just listed all of the Fast and the Furious movies. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah, it was like ten of them, anyways. Yeah. Well, how I picked my list, I just picked movies that I thought had like meaning to me, like growing yeah, up. Yeah. See, and that's yeah. a great thing. We we each have our own interpretation of, of what our top ten means to right. us, so it'll be fun. Yeah. And which is why so Josh picked Willow ten times. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I will <laughs> say that ten is Willow, then one through nine is Ron Howard. Yeah. <laughs> just Ron Howard. Pictures of Ron Howard. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that um, yeah, this list is is mostly uh, what's meaningful to me. So sure, number ten. I won't, um, I won't laugh. I promise. Yeah, number ten is Terminator Two. Ooh, inter- all, interesting pick. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, I was thinking about um, 
the Terminator or Terminator 2 from the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And I, for me, it, it really, this is really one of those moments where it comes down to what movie have I watched more? Which movie have I probably, like in terms of entertainment, have I enjoyed more? Um, uh what what movie have I connected with with more over my life and and um, it's Terminator Two so nice really um, so you feel like you've had like a strong urge to kill you yeah yeah well no I mean <laughs> I'm just kidding yeah in terms of entertainment like I yeah. you know I've, I love Arnold Schwarzenegger I've always loved this I love the, I absolutely adore the Terminator I do prefer it over Terminator Two but. It's, it's, it, Terminator would probably be number 11, I guess, sure. on my list. I guess when you're saying, like, which is a better film, yeah. you'd yeah. say Terminator 2. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, do you want me to go into detail about the movie? or, or uh, as, you, as much as you as, want. As, as much or as little as you want to. So if yeah. you're good, you're good, but otherwise... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah I've always... I, I, just, I, I just adore um, uh, the... You know, the, the the, the time shift aspect of, of time travel of time travel of yeah mm-hmm. of, of this someplace in the future that's that's a more incredibly more technologically advanced I mean this is ba- I mean this is back obviously before the, the, the newer Terminators and whatever but like you, you kind of had this unknown sense of what exists in the future and and it left it kind of it left open uh, this this possibility to imagine in your mind of, of what what is possible and it's like holy fuck like you know like what especially when the Terminator Terminator Two came out I mean it, uh, our civilization is really starting to advance with technology so it's like well shit like we're starting to get the AI and we're starting to get robots and, right and and so like it just helped add some realism to it that was movie. it was such a forward thinking concept. Yeah, James was. Cameron was so ahead of the curve, so ahead of the curve with that yeah. idea. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of Terminator 2 we kind of take for granted nowadays, too, because even things like the twist that uh, Schwarzenegger's character is, is not the antagonist in this one. You know, he's the hero, which yeah. really in the opening scenes of the movie, it's like you don't know for like until like 20 minutes mm-hmm. in that, oh, shit, he's got a different role now. You know, yeah. and obviously we grew up where we already knew that. But I, I mean, imagine seeing that in theaters and you're like, oh, yeah. shit, he's back, this motherfucker. And exactly. it's like there's a there's that twist where it's like, oh, shit, he's the good guy. Yeah, exactly. which is cool. I was actually yeah. thinking like, oh, what? They made 10,000 copies of one looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, and I got it. Sorry. There was a deleted scene in Terminator Genesis, the most recent one. I think it was Genesis, but it was one of the more recent movies where they they showed essentially like Cyberdyne, like, and there was like just like a behind the scenes of Cyberdyne, and they're like showing how everything works. And they show Arnold Schwarzenegger is just like a guy that's working there. Oh. And then he starts talking, and he's like, Howdy, y'all. My name's. And then they make this joke like, Oh, that, that's. He's, he's a good physical model, but we need a different voice for him. And then they show some other, like, normal looking dude. He's like, Hello. <laughs> So it's just like this really weird. That's funny. Yeah, it's funny. That's cool. Yeah. No, what else I was gonna say was, I mean, the uh, James Cameron, what he did in terms of action in this movie is, is just top notch. Special it, effects. Special effects were amazing for the time. They're timeless yet today. Yeah. Um, so those liquid metal effects, liquid metal. like when he opens that elevator and he shoots him with a shotgun, he's like, yeah, it's like, oh my yeah, god, exactly. Yeah, and shit. you know, a lot of the the chase scenes and and just it was it was a uh, it really set the bar back mm-hmm. back in the '90s or late '90s whenever it came out and um and still holds up today. So 
It's wide. Terminator 2 is my number 10. Good pick, man. Yeah, thanks. That did not make my top 10 or my honorable mentions. And now yeah. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. I, well, I'm, I can tell. I, I definitely know that there are going to be movies we each mention that. Did you guys have honorable mentions as well? No. Yeah. No? I did. Did we want to share those now or should we wait till the end? What's, what is, I what didn't make? come up with Let's this. wait till the end. Yeah. Okay. Me, me and Josh can share ours. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Want me to go next, Josh? You go next. My, my number 10 is No Country for Old Men. Oh, nice. Interesting. 2007 film directed by the Coen brothers. Uh, they're known for Fargo and The Big Lebowski and Oh Brother, We're Out Thou mm-hmm. and a bunch of other movies. Uh, yeah, this one, this one's a tough one for me. 2007 was such a good year for film because mm-hmm. No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood both came out that same year. I think both of those are all-time great movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one had some amazing cinematography uh Roger Deakins was a cinematographer. He went on to do Blade Runner 2049. Mm-hmm. He did uh, Spectre, the, uh, the Bond movie. He's done a lot of really just iconic, visually iconic movies. Um, I also think it's got one of the best villains I've ever seen in a mm-hmm. film with Anton Chigurh, um, played by Javier Bardem. He's like just very, he's a frightening man to look at. And uh, I think they do a great job making him frightening. And really, the movie in general is a great example of visual storytelling where most of the movie does not have much for dialogue. Mm-hmm. Most of the movie is actually told just through the actions happening on screen, uh, which I think, you know, mm-hmm. I would imagine that's very hard to write. Mm-hmm. You know, writing just purely scenes, very sparse of dialogue that are just, you know, action or violence or, you know, scary or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's it's left an impact on me, and uh, I, there's several iconic scenes that I think stick with me. There's that scene where Anton Chigurh is sitting in that police office. It's actually the introduction of his character, mm-hmm. and there's like the police deputy sitting there talking on the phone, and you know suddenly he comes up with his handcuffs, he starts choking him, and he pulls him to the ground, and then they do a shot from the ceiling, and you can you and first actually they just do a shot where you can't even see what's happening and you hear and you can hear the shoes like mm-hmm. skidding on the floor and you sh- they show his face and Anton's character is holding his breath for as long as he's choking this other guy it's almost like everything's got to be even he's this weird fucking fucked up mentality mm-hmm. that he has to hold his breath you know it has to be an even playing field and of course he outlives the guy he's choking and then they like yeah they finally show that ceiling shot and there's just like shoe marks everywhere and there's blood everywhere and it's just a beautiful shot yeah just a super ambitious movie and I I I really appreciate it. And I also think it has a really good ending that's kind of open-ended and kind of um, against what, like, your average action movie would have for an ending in that mm-hmm. it's it's uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character just describing a dream. And I think there's a lot of uh, symbolism there and implications uh, that I probably won't get into right now. But, uh, yeah, I just think it's a beautiful film that mixes art and action uh, very well. Mm-hmm. So, love it. Wow, that was really that was really just like specific. <laughs> Do you guys have any thoughts on it? Are you, are you fans? Oh of that yeah, though? absolutely. That that movie would be my honorable mention list. Um, Put Josh Brolin on the map too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, great role. And your honorable mention list. Huh? Woody Harrelson was great in it. A really good cast. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Josh is like it's garbage. That probably on like the number, movie's, <laughs> movie's trash. Number thirty for me. No, I'm so that's my ten. How about you, Josh? Um, my number ten. I surprised a couple people here. Is uh, Lawrence of Arabia? Uh, oh, this is a movie I, I watched when I was younger. Um, stars a young Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole, and, and I, he's got a very like very just a presence 
on screen, and I it was actually the first movie I really noticed were like. Like watching this movie, I, this was like the first time I really noticed like colors, mm-hmm. how visually striking movies can be, and it's kind of like it. It was like a the actually even like it was like it was just a beautiful movie. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really kind of really came down to it, and really was the first time I noticed how visually appealing movies could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like that beautiful shot in the desert where it's like this huge grand sweeping shot with yeah. the sun, and like you just see like a pixel sized thing where he shows up on the horizon, you know, at the end of the desert, yeah. like one man, like some cool shots. In the so movie. that's why it's on my list. I just like it's my first like experience of a really visually pretty, pretty movie. God, Josh is bringing the class to this list. 1962. Yeah. That's an old movie. Yeah, I yeah. never watched it. You were thinking Josh was gonna be bringing like Predator Two and yeah. Willow. Yeah, exactly. Like, Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the three hour and thirty six minute classic. Yeah, holy fuck. Yeah, it's so, good. Cool. That's a good one. Uh, all right, Nick. Let's hear your number nine. Okay. So let's see, number nine for me is the Truman Show. Oh. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. God, um, it didn't make my, it didn't make anything for me. Yeah. And I'm like again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jim Carrey's in this movie. Um, I this movie I think came out in ninety late nineties. Ninety ninety eight. Ninety eight. Okay, and it's it's really about uh, this boy who from birth is uh, televised mm-hmm. and for the whole world to see, and he grows up in this this little like pod, and yep. um, and the world watches him grow, and and they do whatever they can to keep him in it, and and. Uh, and he and of course he's lied to he doesn't realize he's yeah he's, he's being lied to the whole time yeah and you know he starts to to uh to try to start to understand what's going on and and um and really the movie uh the movie it's another it's another movie that was really ahead of its time in terms of like how we how we um uh, we treat media is a gold a golden calf yeah. essentially uh, total commenta- commentary on like celebrity commentary. idolization yep you know our I, obsession with celebrity and- yep obsession and an obsession with uh, like well i shouldn't say obsession but our uh, our uh, how corporate um uh greed and advertisement is injected into our lives oh well. yeah yeah right so in very subtle ways very subtle, manipulative ways manipulative yeah. ways exactly um Jim Carrey is absolutely amazing in this movie. Um, it's it's just one of those movies that it really shocks you when when you and there's just weird shit happening. Like and it's it's funny in the beginning, whatever. And you're like something's off, and then like a light will drop mm-hmm. all of a sudden from the from the sky. And like what the fuck? And there's just all these little like. A really hints. perfect application of drama and humor mixing exactly. together. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's and, like, and, it's, some, and some horror a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's just kind of a science fiction movie too, in a way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um so yeah. Ed I, Harris, amazing yeah, as Ed the Harris. producer, yep, essentially. Yep. Um so yeah, that's that's why it made my list because it just because of the, the implications that it had in ninety eight and how forward thinking mm-hmm. that writing was and it's just it's nailed our current time it's crazy because it's easy to forget now but you know prior to this movie jim carrey was really pretty much solely known for super over the top like yeah. really like i mean before this it was like ace ventura followed by the mass followed yep. by dumb and dumber followed by batman yep. forever followed by ace ventura 2 followed by the cable guy followed by mm-hmm. liar liar and then the truman show mm-hmm. which is a completely yeah. huge departure from his prior that's, work that's a good point because i i grew up loving jim carrey as well i, mean, right. I watched Just most of those movies pet detective Huh? Bad Detective. Yeah, lo- yeah, love those movies. Those are good. Those are fun movies. Oh yeah, they're funny. And 
Yeah, and, and I remember seeing the Truman Show in theaters and like was really taken back. Like, holy fuck. Like, yeah. this is. And then like, after the Truman crazy. Show, within a five-year span, he did Man on the Moon, which is yeah. fantastic as well. He did The Majestic. He did Eternal Sunshine on Spotless Mind. Yeah, so another, his career changed, really, with yeah, the Truman Show. Yeah, it did. Show. That made me think about, like... The, the potential of those movies <laughs> you know like in the Truman Show he was actually the character from the pet detective <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah that's why it's my number nine yeah. yeah one more thing I gotta say about that movie the cinematography mm-hmm. fantastic how they uh, they worked in so many camera shots that were actually yeah. like you know played as hidden cameras within this mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. like on a garbage can or on somebody's vest or mm-hmm. like Man, what a creative show! Yeah, and that's kind of those. Yeah, it was like the GoPros of that of that time. Too. Yeah, so ahead of its time. So ahead of its time. Yeah. Yeah, so, super good. Yeah. Uh, my number nine, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, nineteen seventy seven. Steven Spielberg. Y'all know what he's known for. Mm-hmm. Mashed potatoes. No, no. Yeah. This was a tough one because I knew I had to pick a Spielberg film. I, for me personally, it had to be. There had to be one in my list, and. Uh, I think history probably wouldn't name this one as his best film. His best one would probably be like Schindler's List or Saving Private Ryan or something like that. And those I love too, and those get honorable mentions from me. But this one was the one just that personally touched me the most. Um, I think this was like right smack in the middle of that golden age of Spielberg because he did Jaws before this. He did Indiana Jones after this. So it's like just this crazy time when I mean the amount of classic movies he's done Jurassic Park Indiana Jones Jaws Schindler's List Mm -hmm. Saving Private Ryan like he's done crazy amount of just absolute classic Mm -hmm. films Uh, this one really speaks to me though because I think it's got a pretty timeless and universal theme in that uh Music essentially can transcend language and can connect us, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it's also a sign of uh, intelligence. So mm-hmm. uh, the aliens in this film <clears throat> essentially use music as, in my interpretation, as a test to humans to see if they have the intellectual capability mm-hmm. to communicate with them through music. Uh, and that's kind of the, the first encounter, is the, you know. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's got one of the most memorable themes ever written. Yeah. John, John Williams. The, yeah. Da, da, yeah. Like, I remember the scene at the end where they have the colors. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so ahead of its time. And then yeah. when, like, when they start doing that, da, 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 and then the humans are doing it on one side, the aliens are yeah. doing it on the other, and then they start great creating this beautiful symphony, sym- symphony between them. Yeah. yeah, it's it's um it's a really great film. And uh, Richard Dreyfus, excellent in it. Uh, a lot of just iconic scenes and shots with him, how, you know, when he pulls up in front of that, uh, uh, Rail, railroad mm-hmm. and um, you know they see he's behind three cars and they kind of like have it out of focus you can see there's head, tail lights in front of him and he pulls closer and pulls closer and mm-hmm. suddenly the last tail, tail lights in front of him lift up into the sky yeah and it's like oh shit yeah, yeah. and then they like yeah then they show a spotlight come down and everything's shaking and just a, such a neat mo- uh, sh- uh, moment there and then just other iconic scenes like what the little boy I forgot his name but when the aliens are trying to take him out of the house and you see like screws unscrewing from the floor and you see the oven freaking out and then he he finally he walks to the front door and he opens it and there's just that rush of orange light that just saturates the whole scene just for a moment and it goes quiet and then his mom sees it and shuts the door and then everything starts shaking and like um, just a classic movie yeah it's it's one I can watch over and over and over again and I think once again a lot of the themes and 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 concepts were ahead of its time and sci-fi is my favorite genre Mm -hmm. so this was one of the biggest reasons why yeah it's a good pick yeah Josh have you seen that one uh yes okay all right Josh 
Wow. Intense. <laughs> um, so we're uh, number nine, right? Number nine. So my number nine pick is I, I decided to, that I needed to do uh, a shout-out or an homage to a, a, a specific type of movie genre I like. It's, I, I have a fondness for foreign films. Nice. So uh, I picked a movie that I thought had a very strong visually, like... It is a pornographic movie. But it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's on Pornhub. It's, it's on Brazier's right now. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Um, it's called Old Boy. Um, it's a it was oh yeah, a very intriguing uh, revenge um, cl- uh, clip or clip movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like my first experience with like a strong foreign film. I've always had a very. Like, have you seen this, Nick? Old Boy. No, I, I'm. I, foreign films have a place. Um, I, I don't seek them out. <laughs> the garbage. Yeah, they, they have a place, not in my living room. So, okay. Okay. But That's surprising. Uh, I, no, no, I shouldn't say that. I, I, I enjoy foreign films. I just actually just watched one recently. I can't remember the name. They of just it. aren't necessarily your particular. I, I don't. I just don't. I don't sit down and try to find them. Okay. They, they have to find me. Anyways, the story is one of the probably the best like revenge stories I've ever seen. Um, visually striking. There's like a, a scene in the movie where. The concept is a man is in prison for 15 years by someone who has no idea mm-hmm. in an apartment building. And there's a very visually striking scene where he gets released and like this shot from inside the building. And it's like looking at the scene from a side angle and it's a very visually. Do you mind if I share this the concept a yeah, little bit? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so like in the beginning of the film, this guy is essentially like mugged randomly. He's just like a business dude randomly and then put into this prison. He just has no idea why, but the prison is, looks like, like a single. It's like a like a one bedroom apartment, mm-hmm. and he's brought food once a day. But and he's but he's he can't leave. So pretty much this plan becomes like physically training himself in this room and like working out every day to like when he finally gets out to fucking find revenge. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of crazy and he's kind of like fucking ripped mm-hmm. and he's like bent on revenge. So by the time he gets out, it's this whole revenge story. But uh, yeah, that opening shot when he leaves, like you said, is like a a view of a hallway from the side, almost like two D side scroller. And it's him with a hammer working his way through a hallway mm. against like thirty people, mm-hmm. and it's all one shot. No it's wow. re- it's really neat. Yeah, it's yeah. a really cool yeah. movie. Yeah. So that was my. I just. That's a good pick, Josh. Yeah, yeah great pick. Like uh, what do you think of the Josh Brolin United oh. States remake of Old Boy? No, it doesn't do it. it doesn't do it. Josh. it does <laughs> yeah, that came out in twenty thirteen. Josh Brolin and Elizabeth Olsen oh, they, they did a remake. But really? Okay. I know it was not reviewed well at all. Yeah. So. But when was the original? Released. Uh, let me see, old boy. Two thousand three. It's okay. a Japanese film. Okay. Good. Pick Very much. violent though. Yeah, sounds like. There's it. a there's a scene that involves tongue removal that is way too violent. For yeah, me. yeah. It's yeah. only for ten year olds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like it. Eight. Nick, number eight. Okay, number eight. Uh, my number eight is two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. So I'm guessing that's going to be on Jason's list. Yeah, some, it's on my list somewhere. 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 Um, somewhere. somewhere. Maybe Josh's, maybe not. But um, you're going you're to find a lot of science fiction on my list, just because I love science fiction. Yeah, um, you know, it's a Stanley Kubrick film. Um, what, this came out in the 60s? 1968. 1968. I mean, you talk about a movie ahead of its time. This is the definition, definition yes. of, of that. This movie... A space opera, a space yeah, saga, so, mm-hmm. came out before we ever landed on the moon. Yeah. If that tells you anything. If that tells us, you anything. Fucking crazy. Yeah, exactly. And it, I guess overall basis synopsis, um, humans discover, uh, well, they're, they're, in, they're 
exploring space they discover these monoliths every time they discover a monolith a monolith is like a it's a black five slab. foot by ten foot black slab slab yeah of alien technology essentially mm-hmm. and every time humans inter- in, uh, interact with one they they uh, leap forward in terms of evolution, evolution. yeah um, but the real uh, uh, aspect to this movie is the hell 9000 I think and, yeah. and that for me that's that's what makes this movie is when is is really the the fact that uh, this is why you don't trust machines <laughs> yeah exactly yeah well I mean this is this is kind of one of those uh, forward-thinking well, ideas. Imagine a commentary on the fallacy of artificial intel- intelligence coming yeah. out in 1968. Exactly. It's crazy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We're now just really starting to fully realize artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. and and Stanley Kubrick is already exploring artificial intelligence in the 60s, mm-hmm. and and makes the audience, you know, really, really a have one hell of a ride in terms of in terms of watching this with with the hell 9000 so um special effects are amazing i mean some there are shots in this movie i i no idea how they still yeah how they how they did it um no such, sound, such as tension and detail with physics yeah like yeah. The, you know the concepts of uh you know the zero gravity environment and what yeah. they would need, like yep. yeah it's insane um the ending is insane mm-hmm. insanely psychedelic the music is amazing. Right. Um, yeah, it's a perfect film. Yeah, so. I mean, the, the music is so iconic. I mean, so yeah. many movies still use the yeah. the opening. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's... I, I, w- I wish it was higher on my list, but like I said earlier, um, a lot of my list is just movies I really like. I really enjoy and movies that I, I know are really good and I really sure. like. Yeah. So that's why it's number eight. There's a 007 on that list. <laughs> no, 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 no 007. Tomorrow never dies. Number three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Josh would probably punch you in the face. Uh, my number eight. Uh, this one comes from in, in, from 1995, uh, directed by David Fincher, and it's seven. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, David Fincher is known for Fight Club and The Social Network and Zodiac. And I still can't watch that movie. Seven? That's a hard movie. To watch. I can't watch it by myself. I'm too scared. <laughs> You know that um, that's a movie I've watched once, and I'm good. It's not a pleasant movie to no. watch. Uh, this one was between Fight Club and, and Seven. I knew I wanted a Fincher film on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many Fincher films were in the running. Once again, my honorable mentions: The Social Network's on there, Zodiac's on there, Fight mm-hmm. Club's on there. He's uh, one of my favorite living directors today. Um, but yeah, you know his his vision, uh, the way he shoots a scene, um, really defined cinematography standards for years if not decades to come i mean he he really he wasn't the first to do it but he really coined that concept of the you know the really narrow depth of field where you know they'll have a something a shot in focus with a very uh, blurred background mm-hmm. um just using that in shots and then using a lot of one shots um you know where he'll keep the camera rolling for six minutes straight without cutting mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff is is stuff he was way ahead of the game in the 90s between between this and, and Fight Club, he was doing things that nobody else was doing at the time. And he has just a, such amazing work with uh, lighting and, and mm-hmm. his use of shadows. And yeah. he just, he, he, every one of his films just oozes such atmosphere. Like he they, has a distinct look. Right. You can, you can tell a David Fincher film mm-hmm. is a David Fincher film in like 10 seconds. Yeah. Because, which says a lot about mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. distinct his, 
his vision is. So that alone is amazing. Uh, I think the set design and costume design and makeup, mm -hmm. uh, second to none. You know, when they enter some of those rooms of the victims, mm -hmm. the way they, I mean, it looked like macabre art mm -hmm. in, in a lot of ways when they had like the, you know, severely obese man face down in a bowl mm -hmm. of uh, SpaghettiOs. And like even just the way they would make a grimy refrigerator yeah. look that had been sitting there with rotting food in it for eight months, like everything just looked like it was right out of a somebody's nightmare. It looked like a documentary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just so so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, which is weird to say, but it absolutely mm -hmm. a, a beautiful dark film. Mm -hmm. um, I think, arguably, still today, Brad Pitt's best performance he's ever put in. Um, the ending scene when he opens that box and mm -hmm. his acting there was incredible. Morgan Freeman, definitely one of his best. Kevin Spacey, one mm -hmm. of his best. Uh, one of the best endings in film history. Very melancholy and nihilistic. Not a happy ending. The opposite of a happy ending, mm -hmm. which is... What about Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> yeah, she was fine. You know, she's okay. But yeah, I mean, how often, you know, a relatively big budget film with a lot of big stars, mm -hmm. um, you know, come out with such a... A dour, depressing ending. It's it's bold, and it's um, like you said. I don't think it's something. that's like you know, it's a real nice summer day. Yeah, let's pop in seven. <laughs> exactly. Have a couple slices of pizza. Yeah. And Come on, kids, dance around. <laughs> pop popcorn. Let's watch seven. Uh, but it's something I revisit every couple of years, and um, every year I revisit. I feel like it's aged better and mm -hmm. better. Um, and mm -hmm. yeah, I love it. It sticks with me. So that's my That'd number be, eight. It's a good pick. That's one I should just sit down and watch again. Yeah. Because you know, it's probably been 10 years. Don't watch it by yourself. It's yeah, amazing. Scared. <laughs> yeah. Visually, it's aged so well. I mean, you know, so many movies from the mid-90s have mm -hmm. aged so poorly. But yeah. this, I mean, it's so it's so cool still, mm -hmm. like the style of it, the mm -hmm. the costume design on Brad Pitt and, you know, just like the detective look they have. Mm -hmm. So good. It's yeah. awesome. So, Josh? I like that choice. What number are we on? Eight. Uh, eight. Number eight. <sighs> So my number eight pick is uh, recently uh, added to my top ten list. Uh, watched it a few times. Um, Ooh, recent one. I'm excited. Well, it's not a recent one, but it's... One it's, you've seen recently? No, it's one that I've put up in the Oh, I gotcha. Now. Okay. Um, the Green Mile. That's my oh, nice. Pick. Frank nice. Darabont. Yeah. It's a good movie. Um, I love the cast this movie. I think it's a beautiful story. I think it's very, like... When you actually sit down and think about the concept of the story to this film, I really kind of like uh, this is a really fat, like a really well told story, mm -hmm. and I love the cast. I mean, the, the cast carries the film: Tom Hanks, Sam Rockwell, um, the late great Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, darn right, man. Yeah, I miss yeah. but uh, it's it's three hours, but it, it's a it's just, it's a long film, but I think it I think it flows really well and. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it's that long to me, but mm -hmm. one of my favorite, more favorite Stephen King film horror stories. Adaptations, yeah. yeah. What what a unique take on just um, you know, it's a fantasy film, yeah. but it's not it is not presented as one at all. It's presented as a drama and a period piece, and they integrate this kind of greater than life aspect mm -hmm. of it really. Yeah, I mean, believingly, like, I, I yeah. like how you said that, like fantasy. I was thinking like religiously, like the idea of like a, like everybody talking like religion's so huge, and if like mm -hmm. there was some type of like lordly creature that came back to earth, how would people treat it, or how would he be res treated by others? So is this the only Frank Darabont film that made your list? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Ooh, I don't know. All right, that's good. I like the answer, Josh. All right, Nick, number, number seven. Number seven. Um, looks like I have uh, Blade Runner. Um, the original. The original Blade. Huh? 
the first one. The okay. first believer, yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's because like, of Japes Almost? Yep. Only, <laughs> only because of Japes Almost. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah. I, 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 like really, I said, really good at origami, okay? The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this would be a lot of science fiction on my list. Um, Fuck yeah. Yeah, I, I absolutely adore this movie. Um, but I, so I just, it's just another timeless movie. We, we've talked about this this movie in the past, but I don't really know what to say. Well, I mean, it's it the visual aesthetic alone def- yeah. defined an entire genre. Yeah, exactly. The cyberpunk genre is defined by Blade yeah, Runner. Yeah. yeah, just like this grittiness and and um, just the, just the the whole idea that they're we that they're these um what do they call them in the movie? I forgot that with the um, um, Jesus. Ah, I can't remember. Oh, the the robots. Replicants. Yeah, replicants. replicants. Yeah, replicants and. Um, I, when I watched this movie, this—I mean, this is one of the first first experiences for me to to really think about, you know, like these human-looking AI right. d- um, machines. You the know, morality behind and, creating and, a yeah. limited lifespan. And, yeah, exactly. And that type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then incorporating that in in basically like, yeah, creating this slave subset of of you know society, and. Um, and plus Harrison Ford, you know, incorporating always lovely, him. Yeah. I always love him. Um, uh, yeah, it just it's, it's it's timeless and and. Um, I think the aesthetic is the defining yeah. aspect of the film. It's mm. so beautiful even today. Mm. You know, it's like the neon drenched, rainy, dark, mm-hmm. kind of dirty, depressing, s- right? Smog, yeah. smoggy, smoky type right. environment. It's mm-hmm. Really neat. Yeah, yeah. That's it's something else that kind of like um, <clears throat> strikes a chord with me is is like I envision I envision the human race living in a time like that sure. in a way like it's believable to me because see now I wonder now I wonder if Blade Runner 2049 made your list or oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll see huh no, no it didn't it okay, okay. Did. No. now I know what to, now I know what to get you for your birthday a trench coat yeah <laughs> a replicant uh, to do my dishes um, yeah, you know, again, golden age of um, who directed this again? Uh, Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott. I mean, yeah. if there's a guy who started with so much potential that really did not, yeah, did not reach what we all hoped he mm-hmm. would. I mean, he did the original Alien, and then he did Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really do any masterpieces yeah. since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could argue for Gladiator. He did. Yeah, Gladiator is pretty good. Pretty good, you know, but I don't think it's as good as as no. either of those. Um, what else did he do? Didn't did I mean, do, he's done a lot of movies. Did he do like a like a biblical movie? Kingdom of Heaven. He did Kingdom of Heaven, and yeah. he did uh, what's the uh, Exodus, Ex- Gods and Kings, which yeah, is not that great. Did Prometheus, obviously, which is the story of uh, Moses. Yeah, he did the mo- yeah <clears throat> yep, yep. He did American Gangster, which was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Black Hawk Down, which was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, but yeah, that's why. Oh, The Martian. That's a great no, film. Nothing. Uh, nothing. He did The Martian. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Nothing beats the. <laughs> <laughs> Martian's probably his best movie in recent years. I would say in recent years, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. I think that he was carried by a really good novel, you know. Exactly. Yeah, he he. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he basically followed the novel. Step I'm by so step. glad that he didn't come back to do Blade Runner 2049 because I think that would have been a disappointment. Bad disaster. Yeah. Because I mean, look what happened when he returned to Alien. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I didn't watch it. You guys. Yeah, don't watch it. Yeah, well, unless unless we're watching the series, I was gonna say for our next <laughs> podcast. That'd be yeah. fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's always fun to shit on movies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> terrible. All right, my number seven, uh, Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. Kind of cheated here, 
put part one and two into one film because it's oh, it's one it story. Is, let's be is. honest. Yeah. Uh, of course. Why waste Why waste multiple picks for exactly? Yeah. yeah. Directed by Quentin Tarantino, uh, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained. Yeah, it was tough. I, I knew I needed a Tarantino film on my list. It was between Kill Bill and Inglorious Bastards. Those are my two favorite Tarantino mm-hmm. films. I went with this one just because I think between the two films, it has just such an epic story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the most epic revenge tale ever told. And again, just um, so inventive. He, mm-hmm. so many different In so many different ways, he built something that is so uniquely his own. Uh, from his use of colors to his use of music, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got this tendency to cut off a song right in the middle of a high note yeah. as it switches scenes. It's like jarring. It's mm-hmm. like, whoa, okay. Um, weird, like... Whenever you see like a certain character, they have a theme song, but it's just like a loud buzzer or something. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like okay. Yeah. Uh, some of them. That, I just think the whistle, the, that um, tune, that whistling oh, yeah. tune. Yeah, yeah. yeah like that's yeah, just so iconic. Yeah, how he does that split shot on like a one side, it's her like yeah. walking down the hallway with the shot. The other mm-hmm. side is her like getting dressed and getting the shot ready and yep. all stuff. It's yep. yeah, really neat. Um, yeah, I mean, fight choreography. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the battle Amazing. against the the crazy eighty eights, absolutely mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, the final confrontation with Bill when she gets buried alive by mm-hmm. Michael Madsen's character mm-hmm. when she's training with uh, Pi Pi May. I think this is all off memory, but mm-hmm. so many scenes mm-hmm. that I think hold up mm-hmm. next to like you know every single action movie out there mm-hmm. in, in these two films like there's just so many great mm-hmm. amazing scenes really great dialogue Tarantino is such a unique talent mm-hmm. I mean he's he's just he can write the coolest feeling mm-hmm. scenes ever you know like he's, he doesn't come off as that cool in person <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when he you know grabs a pen and he writes out a script mm-hmm. it's insane so yeah um, not much else I guess I, I need to say about it mm-hmm. but yeah, one thing I've always loved about his movies is just how he builds up the story to the end. Like he's got a very, it's a it's a linear upward trend. Like mm-hmm. a lot of great dialogue, tense moments, and it just builds up the whole movie. And then it just there's a climax at the end, and it's yep, and it's well worth the wait. And the, just like we mentioned with Green Mile, in a completely different way, but really mo- many of Tarantino's films are fantasy films because he very much builds his own worlds mm-hmm. with its own rules and its own realities and yeah that's true and, yeah. yeah and it's this is very much it like the world building is immaculate in this mm-hmm. movie like it's just this this little yeah. alternate dimension it mm-hmm. feels like I mean the whole sequence with uh um, I forgot her name right now, but uh, when they switch, it's like anime, and she's it shows her training to be a sniper. Oh, Lucy uh, Liu. Yeah, Lucy Liu's yeah. character, and it's all of a sudden it's all animation. Yeah. Like he just does such crazy, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So and it fits so well. Yep. Nothing. Everything is calculated, and that is why I mean, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is one of my very top films for 2019. So wow. maybe we'll watch all the Tarantino films at some exactly. point for, for not another yeah. sequel. Exactly. A lot of stuff we can do. Mm-hmm. Josh. What number are we at? Seven? Seven. My seven, number seven pick is my one and only Stanley Kubrick film. Um, Ooh. It's an homage to my favorite genre, which is horror, so I picked The Shining. Oh, okay. Um, I figured you might have Spartacus on this one. No. Um, this movie captivates me like right from the instant it starts. I love the long, 
high shot of the car driving to the hotel. Mm-hmm. The music is ominous, looming, oh, the scary. Music is so good. Get to get him. And I'm just like, I love the interactions Shelley Duvall has with uh, Jack Nicholson. I love like the stories between Stanley Kubrick and Shelley Duvall. Um, it's weird to say, but the chemistry they have yeah. is great because it, she really plays off that she's terrified of him. Mm-hmm. She, you know, Shelley Duvall's character. Um, yeah, the music, like I said, I, this like catches you right away. Mm-hmm. Visually stunning film. Um, it's a movie like I love seeing other like things like copy. Because I, I think it's like I was just watching like the Simpsons Halloween episode. Yeah. And they did a, a Shining episode, and it's like it's so good, and it's it's still good. I mean, it's a movie that could be remade a million times, and it's it's mm-hmm. a great film. So. It's scary. It's oh yeah, it's scary. Movie. To me, it's one of the top, probably top one of the top five scariest movies mm-hmm. ever made. That scene when that elevator opens and yeah. blows out. Or the twins in the hallway. Yep. Yep. So that's, that's my seven. <sighs> great pick. That made my honorable mention. So. You hate that big pick? You hate it? I was, I was hoping Willow was going to be Well, Nick's there. not much of a horror film guy, right? I'm not much. No, no horror has made my list. I feel like you don't enjoy films that make you feel unpleasant. Or at least, no. at least yeah, like they're tough. I, 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 I mean, I enjoy You movies. can appreciate them. I appreciate them, them yeah. but they would never... I, I feel like... like it's more of... it's a, Those are movies I'll watch once and then I'm good. Yeah. Like I feel like there's a Total Recall on your list. Total Recall's not on my list. Oh, I love Total Recall, though. So what number are we on? Six. Six. Number six. Uh, so, man, so I, I really love Wes Anderson. And oh. um, uh, it was so hard for me. To, I, I, I needed a Wes Anderson movie, and I, I, I didn't know which movie to pick, and I kept changing my mind. But ultimately, I just settled on one, and that's fantastic. Mr. I Fox. knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Um, I absolutely love this movie. Um the 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 animations are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all and it's yeah exactly and it, it's typical Wes Anderson. It's got this amazing Wes Anderson look to it, mm-hmm. where it's like that. I don't even know how to describe it. Well, Wes Anderson, spot. almost the opposite of David Fincher. Wes Anderson does very very little depth of field. Exactly, so everything is always in focus. Exactly, so it's got this weird painting feeling almost. Yeah, to it. yeah. It, it, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and then the his colors are like they're. Colorful, <laughs> really colorful, yeah. actually, and yeah, that's a good way to put it. And um, but you're right; every film has a very coordinated color palette to it. Colored palette. Yeah. He uses a lot one of like color. pastels and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, but it's it's animated, obviously. Um, but it's just a good it's a good story. But claymation, stop it, stop motion, animation. and it's claymation yeah. exactly. Which which the effort that they put into this is, um, it's insane. It's absolutely mind-boggling the effort that it took. To I mean, when you think you have to take every single object and you move it just a little bit, and then you know take that shot and then move it again right. just a little bit and take that shot, and then you multiply that by the love and care to make a film like that. Is exactly. Insane. Yeah. And plus, it's just, it's a good story. It's a fun story. It's, it's a based, great story. It's yeah. based off of a children's book about a fox who's just being harassed. Wasn't that a Roald Dahl film uh, book? I believe. I can't. Yeah, Roald Dahl. Okay, mm-hmm. I just yeah. knew it was off of a children's book. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, Fox. Roald Dahl is known for he wrote uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yep, yeah. exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, the fox is just being hounded by farmers, and and he's he gets has his gang of friends, and they decide that they're going to do something about it. So, I mean, what a great cast! I, the cast is amazing. George Clooney, Meryl Streep, Meryl Jason Street. Schwartzman, yep. Bill Murray, Bill Murray, exactly. Willem Dafoe. Yep. Yep. And 
it's this is a movie I can watch. Yeah, yeah Jason Schwartzman. I, fuck yeah. Yeah, Jason Schwartzman's awesome. I can yeah. watch this movie once a week. And I'm serious. <laughs> I love this yeah. movie. I didn't it, think of that movie, but that should have been on my top twenty yeah. too. That is a great one. You know? Yeah. So good pick, Nick. Yeah. Thanks. Now you can Very leave. Good. Get out of here. <laughs> Wes Anderson, another great example of just creating his own world. Exactly. That, you're, that you believe and that yeah. you can live in, and yeah, that you want. Yeah. Be, I want to be there. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna put like Moonrise Kingdom uh, or Rushmore yeah. or. Our, uh, um, I really love um, Life Aquatic. Life Aquatic with Steve. Zisu. So, yeah, and then there's Darjeeling. Royal Tenenbaums. Bombs. All those films are yeah. excellent. Yeah. I got to watch Isle of Dogs. Is yeah. Like, that's another yeah. animation effort. Exactly. Know? Yeah, but. Royal Tenenbaums is really my favorite, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. But of all, all of his movies, I always come back to Fantastic Mr. Fox. So. Just Very nice. A pet yeah. Fox. Lovely yeah. pick. Mm hmm. All right, next up is me, and that's going to be um, my one Martin Scorsese pick, and that's The Wolf of Wall Street. Ooh, yeah. 2013. Nice. Uh, you know, that was tough, because yeah. Martin Scorsese's done Goodfellas and Taxi Driver and Gangs of New York and Casino and The Aviator and The Departed. Yeah. I mean, what? A director for the ages, one of the yeah. best to ever do it. Uh, and this one didn't come out that long ago, and I don't think a lot of people would say it's his best film, but it is for me. Mm-hmm. I I think um, I'm very fond of that film too. Yeah, I think as good as DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio was in The Revenant, where he finally won his Oscar. This should have been the one where he won his Oscar. He was yeah, he was I robbed. I don't even know who won that year. Uh, who won? I'm look this up. That's a good question. Best Have you ever seen that movie? Nick. Wolf of Wall Street. Nick, have you seen it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just... I mean, I can't lie. It is hard to argue. It was Daniel Day-Lewis that year for Lincoln. Oh, right. I'd still go DiCaprio, mm-hmm. though. Um, mm-hmm. Great cast. Underrated cast. Yeah, Jonah Hill. This was his true breakup yep. performance. I mean, he, he become a became, became a bona fide high-caliber actor mm-hmm. after this film. And, yeah, I mean, it's just... Um, it's what Martin Scorsese often does best in that he really dove deep into the world of crime and corruption mm-hmm. this time of course um examining wall street i think in a in a at a really mm-hmm. timely moment mm-hmm. um you know when we we're going through the tail end of the recession and it was still very much on our minds and um i think it, it, he just he portrayed jordan belfort who was leonardo dicaprio's character in a really mm-hmm. unflinching way and that, like, hey, this is what it was. And I think a lot of people criticized him because they felt like he glorified it or made it look like it was, mm-hmm. like, cool to do. Like it was do. overly eccentric. But, but I know both DiCaprio and, and Scorsese has, has, has said that, like, that was not their intention, but, like, this is what happened. This is the way mm-hmm. they lived. It was pure parties. It was pure insanity. It was drugs and sex and that's, you know, with no consequence for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, once again, it really was DiCaprio's performance that, I think makes it my favorite yeah. because DiCaprio is probably my favorite actor alive today. Um, that movie's yeah. mind-boggling to watch. It's amazing. It that's, that's a sexy pick. Yeah, yeah sexy it's a good hell. pick. And Margot Robbie, I mean, that was her star-defining yeah. role. She's such a great star now too, and yeah, she was great in that as well. So, that's Josh. A good pick. Um, uh, my next pick. This is six, right? Yeah, uh, six, this is yeah. my second Frank Darabont film. Uh, oh. It's the Shawshank Redemption. I, uh, I knew that was going to be on someone's list. I, uh, I wasn't was, sure if it was going to be The Mist or The Shawshank Redemption for Josh. I, I picked this movie because I, I love the soundtrack to this movie. It's fantastic. Um, fantastic. That's a good fucking movie. It's Thomas good. Newman. Yeah, yeah, fantastic cast. Tim Robbins is great. Uh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, yeah. Just to say a few. Um, I, I like. I picked this movie because this is a movie that, like, whenever I see it on, I always like want to watch it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like a movie you can always go back to. Timeless story. It's beautiful. So. It's nostalgic. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fucking I, I love the story in this movie. Oh yes, Visual, with Tim Robbins towards the end, the, the, visually, the twist. Visually very striking too. Like the whole, yeah. the scenery in this movie is mm-hmm. great. Yeah, it's um it's one of those few movies that can really tug on the heartstrings without feeling overly sappy mm-hmm. or sentimental like it mm-hmm. feels so genuine mm-hmm. yeah but it's yeah his yeah. his relationship with morgan freeman as it grows yeah mm-hmm. yeah definitely yeah, great pick josh yeah, mm-hmm. thank you i wonder if there's more darabont to come yet mm. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> all right nick number five uh, number five um i have uh alien down Ooh. i fucking love this movie Nice. Yeah, Alien Aliens would be an honorable mention. So two Ridley but, Scott films on your list. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, yeah, so this this is one of those movies where I absolutely love it, and it it's meaningful to me because I watched it a lot as a kid. Really? And, yeah. And so was this one of those movies that you watched at a young age and, and scared the shit out of you? Yeah, or, it yeah, scared okay. the shit out of me and really left an impact on me. <laughs> <laughs> in a bad way. This is why Nick like, doesn't like horror movies. Yeah, exactly. But uh, from for me, what was amazing was I mean, I, really from the the beginning, the beginning scenes of the movie when when they're on the the, the mm. Stromo and Sigourney Weaver. She was amazing. yeah, and I had a huge crush That's right, on Sigourney yeah, Weaver. Yeah. yeah, but like just the idea that you know like. <laughs> Like, I just watched this movie that too long ago. I'm sorry. Really? I just, my favorite character in this movie, I mean, if we're going to talk about this movie, is the black dude in this movie. Yeah! Oh, yeah. yeah. It's my Bandana. favorite movie, because yeah. I just... Spoilers, if you haven't seen this movie, I'm sorry, but I just have to I have to mention this scene, because I feel so bad for him, mm-hmm. because he's got the fucking flamethrower in the movie, and the alien shows up, and you, the whole time they they show the scene, like Sigourney Weaver's like running towards him, mm-hmm. and you can hear the black guy going, Get the fuck out of the way! <laughs> like, I gotta kill this damn thing! Oh, man. And he just, like, oh, I was like, man, no! I was like, that was a part of the movie where I was like, no, don't kill the black guy! Yeah, poor guy. Don't kill him. I mean, I knew it was gonna happen, but yeah, I was yeah. like, "Oh man, yeah. this didn't make it easier." Sorry, sorry, Nick. No, I'm sorry. no, you're fine. You're fine. No, that's what this is for. We that, should, I, we should yeah, all be chiming exactly. in. Exactly. I, I th- it, yeah, it was just the 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 way that it, this movie built tension all the way up until you know we finally see the alien like as it's. I mean, every, you know, from the, the the second we see the face hugger, it's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I, I seen well, the chest bursting. Yeah, scene. the chest bursting. Like you don't, you have no idea what is coming in this movie. It, yeah, from know. scene to scene, it, it thing, is mind-boggling. And one thing that gets uh, overlooked a lot too is like the android. That, like, yeah, that, right. like, yes. the, yes. twist, the twist Mal, there. Yeah, yeah. malfunctions. That's really creepy too. Exactly. Even man. even the the visual design of the android, how he has white yep. white milky substance yeah. in his blood, like, like it's, everything's just off-putting. It's and off-putting. Yeah. It's like that scene where like its head's like been disconnected, but she's still mm-hmm. talking to it. It's like right. And it's like it's like fuck you, you're yeah, gonna die, you, bitch. The design yeah. of the downed ship, yep. you know, the the yep. three quarter circle downed yeah. ship, and then when they go into it, and like the design of the actual pods where yep. the, the aliens are, and like that that layer of mist that's like, yep. I mean, yeah. wow, yeah, this whole movie, it, you're uncomfortable from the beginning to the end of this movie. There is mm-hmm. not one. There's not one point in this movie where you're like you can breathe for a mm-hmm. second. You're uncomfortable the whole the whole no, time. No, I mean a good example is Anna's usually pretty hesitant with watching any movies that are older than like 1990. Mm-hmm. She's just like I'm not into them. Mm-hmm. And usually when I try to get her to watch them, it's it's a fail. She didn't really dig the Indiana Jones films. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really into Back to the Future. Showed her this. She's mm-hmm. like, let's holy fuck, let's watch the next one. Like yeah, very very good. Yeah, this timeless. This series has that effect. I mean, did we just expose your girlfriend to this film, and yeah. she was like, "Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah, right, that's right." Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to mention the fact that 
what's so cool about this movie is if you replace Wayland Yutani with like Amazon, you could probably think this is a true yeah. story. <laughs> Amazon Google merger. Yeah. Because those like, empl- like the employees of that company were so pissed off in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just it's a movie that I can. That, I mean, this is another distinct part of my list. Is these they're movies I can watch over and over again and never get sick of. And this is just one of those movies. Yeah, so. one last shouter I got. I have to give to this movie because I think it's even the best, the very best movies of the day cannot match it. Is that they so convincingly were able to make you forget that these were actors we were watching on screen yeah. and this was a set we were watching on screen. Yeah. They did such a good job making the ship look so lived in and grimy and dirty and even the, the cast didn't look like they had that perfect model look. Mm-hmm. They didn't have makeup on. They had fucking grease. They were on real. The, they were real people yeah. who were sweaty and didn't, mm-hmm. you know, like it was... Yep. There was no, they, like, rock-looking character. Yeah, right. Exactly. I feel like that's something you can't even get away with nowadays. Yep. Even masterpieces like uh, Blade Runner 2049 still has a it's very... Clean. Like, you can tell, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, there was yeah. a team who styled his hair. And yep, like, exactly. Yeah, so. yeah. It's like they told these actors, like, don't shower for a week and come right. on set and we'll, we'll <laughs> they locked, shoot. They locked him in a trailer for, like, it's, a year. It, it feels like yeah. it, and it paid off. It makes me want to watch it right now, yeah. honestly. All right, let's quit. Let's go. <laughs> My number five, uh, 1999 film called American Beauty. Yeah. This one's directed by Sam Mendes. He's known for Road to Perdition, Jarhead, Away We Go, Skyfall, Spectre. Um, I thought uh, this film perfectly encapsulated kind of what the late 1990s felt like mm-hmm. on screen, Like especially rewatching it now. I think at the time it did a great job, but it's hard to appreciate that in the moment. But now we're looking at it 20 years on from the 90s, and it's like, wow, it's got that mm-hmm. exact feel, that reminiscent feeling of like when I was growing up, what the 90s felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the best performance Kevin Spacey's ever put out in his career. Um, I think his wife, uh, played by Annette Benning, was a fabulous performance as well mm-hmm. it's really too bad that Kevin Spacey's kind of tarnished his career nowadays yeah, but I yeah. can still go back and watch this and appreciate it just the same um, that's, that's why he's not on my list no, I'm just kidding <laughs> just like Josh said he mentioned with uh, the Shawshank Redemption though, a, this is man one of my top five best original scores ever written this mm-hmm. is also by Thomas Newman who did uh, um, um, Shawshank Redemption mm-hmm. and um yeah, it had a brilliant use of color and symbolism, and uh, I, I just think it had a really engaging story that kind of defined the mid-life crisis of your average American mm-hmm. in, their, in the 90s. And, um, yeah, I loved it. Uh, you guys, I'm assuming you guys have both seen it, right? Oh, fuck, yeah. yeah I've yeah. watched this movie a shit ton of times. Yeah. I adore this movie. Yeah, yeah. the symbolism with the roses and, and yeah. the color red. and mm-hmm. It's a movie you can watch over and over again, and you kind of garner something differently from it mm-hmm. each and every time. And I just think it had a brilliant ending. Um, I think the narration that Kevin Spacey provided throughout mm-hmm. from beginning to end was was beautiful and, and thought-provoking. And mm-hmm. uh, This was my favorite movie for a very long time, mm-hmm. I think. For like ten years, it was my favorite movie. So, still makes the list. Yeah, yeah. It, for me, it's just Kevin Spacey's perf- like the idea of his character and the, the age that he's at. It's, it's. I think it's a. It's. Be- it's really believable for mm-hmm. me because I, I think it. It's kind of a character caricature of of like real of like a middle American yeah like a middle class American middle class American and breadwinner whatever you want to call it breadwinner exactly I remember when I was in high school I was like man I want to be that guy when I grow up (laughs) yeah (laughs) I want to be a 45 year old man hitting on 15 year old girls yeah hitting on my daughter I was referring to Winifred Waits in the garage oh yeah (laughs) smoking weed yeah yeah buy a sports car and go work at the burger joint get myself myself a Trans Am I remember this was eye opening for me you know 
I was 13 or something when I first saw it. My dad's like, I know exactly how he feels. <laughs> like, yes, this is so good. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes, man. And what higher praise could there be? Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's fucking crazy and scary at the same time. <laughs> All right, Josh, you're, you're number five. Well, this is going to be my one of uh, two John Williams picks um, and my only Steven Spielberg pick. My number five is Schindler's List. Okay, beautiful. Um, mm, man. Uh, the music's fantastic. It's yeah. very. It's it, a fun little romp. <laughs> uh, it's a visually a striking movie. It's like very beautifully shot. And it's like sometimes I find myself watching this film and like real forgetting I'm watching a movie. Like yeah. it's very uh, love the chaos. It's got one of my favorite actors in it, Ralph Fiennes. So he's in, he plays a very striking role. I say arguably his best performance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I just. I have to put this movie on here because it just it's, it was one of the earlier movies that like sticks out in my memory. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one definitely made my honorable mention. I mean, yeah, I feel like every list needs to at least have so, a sh- have a shout out to the film because yeah. it's it's so iconic and so impactful and timeless. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think it's a movie I can maybe watch once every five years at best because yeah. it's not a pleasant watch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd say ten. Yeah. say ten years, but yeah, it's a hard watch, but. Nick? Number four. Number four? We're getting oh, up man, there. You guys are going to laugh at me. Um, so, especially Josh says Chandler's List. Uh, so this, I love this movie a lot. And this is kind of, this is like recently added to my list. It's a pretty new, pretty new movie. Okay. It's, it's Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, nice. I fucking, nice. I love this movie. That's um, fantastic. Yeah. Um, like I said, going down science fiction. I mean, you just said last week it's, it's well, I don't know if it still holds up today but yeah. uh, you said last week it's your favorite sci- sci-fi yeah. movie it's so. changed a little bit okay, okay yeah it's changed but um another one of those movies where there's there's a lot of um a lot of uh time jumping and some doing that in a movie is is incredibly difficult to do um if you ever watch groundhog's day you know it it it's definitely one of my favorite Tom Cruise movies. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Tom Cruise. Well, he's not the reason why I like this movie. I just, I just really like the story. I mean, it's, uh, Back it's to the a, Future is a good example too of that concept. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, is it based off a comic book? This, I don't know if it is or not. I don't, I don't really know. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea either. But so yeah, so like I'll just provide a little synopsis. So there's this alien. Um, humans are being invaded by aliens. And they're trying to. I mean, it's basically another world war. They're, they're humans are being defeated. Tom Cruise is kind of mixed up into this. He's like a PR guy for the army, getting people recruited. And then um, he well, basically, he gets enlisted, and he doesn't know how to fight. Whatever um, goes in goes into battle. It's like D Day. It's essentially a D Day between between humans and aliens. He gets he gets uh in, like. This blood on him, and where he can he can go back. He he relives every day, essentially. I just think of how important. I'm not. I don't know how important, but if you think about this this movie with like different characters, like how good Tom Cruise is like picked for this role. Yeah, I mean, he, he was. Of, yeah, you think was, about if like this role was given to somebody like Seth Rogen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I heard like Danny DeVito or something mm-hmm. like that. But. No, honestly, though, you, you really can't really picture anybody else in the role now that he's, no. he's in it. Yeah, yeah. he's he nailed it. Yeah. Um. This movie, what this movie does really well is it just it paces the story along and it and it's it's hard to it's hard to guess what's gonna happen next. It, like you just assume 
he's just gonna be able to he's gonna be able to just time or go back in time until the end and when it, when they defeat the aliens or whatever. But that's not the case. Um, Emily Blunt is really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, this was to me the the movie that defined her as like an action star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it's a, it's a good action movie. It's a movie that I can watch over and over again, and that's why it's in my top ten. So very interesting you know I, I think a movie like this is so hard to write I couldn't even fathom mm-hmm. you know to write mm-hmm. this repeating timeline over mm-hmm. and over again and how it's going to wrap up cleanly mm-hmm. but I, I think it's interesting that the guy who wrote the screenplay for this Christopher McQuarrie went on to write and direct Mission Impossible Fallout yeah which explains yeah. some of that really tight writing for yeah. this new movie because yeah. he's got a uh I think a talent for writing really complex mm-hmm. scripts. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and, and there yeah, and there's some complexity in it is where like, yeah, it doesn't it, does, it doesn't start at the beginning of the timeline and then go again and then go back to the beginning. Sometimes the timelines and you're like in the middle, and you're, you're or you're in the middle of the timeline and then you realize that that something has taken place before. Like he's already been reliving moments right, up to a yeah, point yeah. in time, and it's just and the, that depth added to it is just when like oh it makes it so good so yeah uh, it's fun pretty, it's a fun pretty mind bending yeah. and, and not only that but like the characters are are, are memorable and it kind of reminds me of, especially in the beginning like it reminds me of like of some of the, the characters like an alien uh, or the, the, they're on the ship like you just kind of like you you create a bond with them I guess sure. in a mm-hmm. way to put it yeah. so that's why I made my what list if, what if Bill Murray was in this Hello. movie Bill Paxton's in this movie well, and he's fucking awesome in this movie yeah one yeah. of his last roles yeah, he's hilariously good. So, right. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Uh, my number four, uh, another movie from 1999. So back to back 99 movies, The Matrix. Yeah, yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, directed by the Wachowskis, who really went on to not really do much. Yeah. They did Speed Racer. They did Cloud Atlas. They did Jupiter Ascending, and they did the Matrix sequels. Um, but uh, this is another generation defining film. Yeah, uh, again, another film that kind of perfectly, in a weird way, encapsulated the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Like this weird kind of nihilistic generation of young people who I felt like didn't didn't really have um, anything to define them. They didn't have a war to define them, or a or a recession or depression or anything like that. Like in the, in the mid 90s, a lot of people grew up in the 80s and 90s kind of a I think had an identity crisis and I think it this movie touches on that a little bit you know with uh the character Neo being lost and kind of being aimless in his job mm-hmm. and kind of feeling like the world is missing something mm-hmm. like you know like there's this there's this defining point to his life that's just not mm-hmm. not there and of course they 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 approach it in a really mind-bending sci-fi way that I mean still today what an amazing idea mm-hmm um, yeah. Again, the concept that we're all in a virtual reality, mm-hmm. uh, and that you know he's able to wake up from it, wake up in the real world. Uh, I would almost say the concept is more relevant today than it was in the '90s when it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, as virtual reality gets more and more popular, as many of the best minds in our on our planet say that this could actually be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, be, beyond that, just the mind bending concept and the great writing that way. Jeez, um, oh, I, I just rewatched this in 4K 
four months ago and and really that was what cemented it was like holy fuck no this is like one of the best movies ever made Mm -hmm. like it's perfectly paced it's got a perfect character arc in in neo from Mm -hmm. beginning to end fulfilling who he is as a character Mm -hmm. literally like the encapsulation of the entire film happens in the last minute of it Mm -hmm. when he becomes neo Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just a beautiful moment um uh the cinematography is beautiful the the entire um like uh color palette is so um memorable you know mm-hmm. that green yeah like, inside yeah. of a computer feel yeah. to it yeah. cg holds up really well uh but a big one obviously is the fight choreography mm-hmm. so ahead of its time you you look at so many other movies from the 90s fight scenes and you know the way they do elaborate fights and it this just completely changed mm-hmm. the expectation of of what you need to get out of a really high quality fight scene um, the scene in the subway when he when Neo is fighting Agent Smith. Uh, the scene on the rooftop when Neo is dodging bullets and yeah. Uh, just yeah. This movie introduced that style, right? Of where the, there would be like he basically pause or the slow motion scene yeah, and, they, and, and the camera would shift. They coined it bullet time, yeah. Bullet time, where they yeah. Would, they, they would set up um, hundreds of cameras all right next to each other in a yeah. circle, and they would actually. You know, they'd all shoot within yeah. within a couple seconds all at the same time, mm-hmm. so you could create this super slow mo mm-hmm. shot of craziness. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and then way just, ahead of his time. Yeah, so many iconic roles. I mean, Keanu Reeves as Neo. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's his name? Lawrence. Uh, Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne as uh, Morpheus, Morpheus. And yeah. love you, Morpheus. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Carrie Ann Moss as, mm-hmm. as Trinity. Mm-hmm. I mean, what an iconic trio. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they hold up for the ages. Love the trend. Yeah, again, so that's um, that's one that's just it has great themes and it has some thought-provoking stuff, but it's also a movie that's just so fun to watch that I could watch, mm-hmm. yeah. like you said, once a week. I mean, Fuck it's such yeah. a fun movie to watch. So it is lovely movie. Mm-hmm. Josh, wow, that's a strong pick there. Thanks, man. Um, <clears throat> so where are we at? Four. Uh, we're on four, yep. So the last couple of movies I, pick, I uh, put on my list are movies that I, I just have fondness for. I think they're just strong. Um, they had meaning to me go growing up and stuff like that. So my number four pick is L.A. Confidential. I like Ooh, this film a lot. That's a Kevin Spacey um, film. That's a, I like this movie because it's a unique movie because it, it has like three main characters. And I like how they tell it. It's like a very, um, I don't know what the time time period is like 50-ish like in a good or cop cop film yeah it's like a noir type film yeah and it's i just think the story is solid i think it's a intriguing story i think it's a movie that like you can watch multiple times and like like for example watch it the first time and not maybe not get everything and then watch it again Mm -hmm. get something great cast um yeah kevin spacey who Um, else is in that um, um okay russell crowe guy pierce yeah that's right guy danny devito Great cast. Um, so it's just got, I don't know. I just I just enjoy it. It's a, a Kim Basinger. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a fun story to watch. Yeah, so. it's another one of those movies that just feels cool yeah. to watch. You know, it's got such a cool style to it. Have you seen that one, Nick? No, no. Yeah, it's a it's an absolute classic. I think it's one, really of the, one of Russell Crowe's better films. We'll have to go on a Russell Crowe uh, marathon. <laughs> there you next. go. <laughs> watch Russell Crowe fight people in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we're in the top three. All right, Nick, let's hear your number three. three. Number three. Um, I think it's... pretty sure, yeah, I think I know what it is. It's no, a I Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, Ooh, nice. new one. Yeah. Very high. Yeah, yeah, I put it just above Edge of Tomorrow. Um, yeah, this... Uh, if you can define ambitious 
I think it would be Mad Max because mm-hmm. they they worked on this movie for like ten years, um, and you talk about and it well it shows obviously, and, and you talk about like a world building uh, experience right. like this this sets the bar. Now I know it's a it's a remake, and I I never watched the originals, so I can't really speak for them, but so I can only speak for this. But it's just. It is just absolutely mind-boggling what what they accomplished with this movie. It's not as good as the one with Tina Turner. (laughs) Beyond Thunderdome. Thunderdome! (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, there's something to be said that, like you said, the world building, even in ways that they don't even show some things, but Mm -hmm. some things are just, like, accepted as a reality and mentioned, like, Mother's Milk and, like, just random shit like that where it's, like, it it builds this lore. Yeah, exactly. This this feeling of history to to the world. Yep. Yeah, Gasolina and right. Mm-hmm. It's like well, then there's a lot of undertones and, and the, the religion with the fucking silver spray yep. paint and shit and yeah. Valhalla. Yeah, and Valhalla. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There are undertones that like in mythology, interesting enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of undertones that yeah, the world is a, in a lot shittier place than it used to be. Right, it's apocalyptic. It's, it's apocalyptic, and you could and you can almost get a sense that there's some a subliminal message that you know humans really fucked up the planet to get to this mm-hmm. point where they're at now and it's some believability to that you know like we're you know what so we're, we're on that course now in real life unfortunately but like how how you know tribalistic are we going to get in that moment when when that moment finally comes because it's going to come so i mean we're gonna i mean this is a this movie's obviously it's it's a way extreme. Right, it's a yeah, fantasy. It's a fantasy movie, mm-hmm. but it still kind of sparks that idea in your mind. And I, again, that's always, to me, a sign of a, a great, timeless film is, is something that can weigh those really heavy concepts mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, concepts that we can really relate to in our mm-hmm. real life and then also have the most fucking over-the-top, yeah. amazingly choreographed action scenes ever yes. put on film. You know, yes. like, that's that's when you have a film that's both thought-provoking and fun, which I think is why I love The Matrix, you know, but mm-hmm. same idea there. Um, it's the same idea. But you're yeah. right. I mean, some some yeah. some shots that they pulled off there that, like, will never yeah. be replicated. Oh, They're yeah, exactly. Amazing. Like, running through the desert, and you've got, like, these huge, I mean, these... All these cars and set in the right. semi and well, like when the, the, there's all these cars driving the and there's guys like on those giant poles, yeah, fucking flying flying by and their shit blowing you, up in the background. If you go online or go on YouTube or wherever and you like look up behind the scenes of, mm-hmm. of this movie, it looks almost identical to what's actually in the right. Movie. Yeah, like, it was all mostly like color timing and stuff like that that'll change. Yeah, you know, like, exactly, like, but. It, it, I mean, there's very little CG. Yeah, there's a bunch of crazy people driving through the desert doing fucking yes, crazy shit. Exactly. Yeah. Apparently, Tom Hardy really argued quite a bit with the director because he grew tired because he was strapped to the fucking front of a car <laughs> for like t- eight hours a day for like three weeks. In the fucking that's desert. That's all he got to do. Just yeah. drive through the desert strapped to the exactly. front of a car. He's like, this fucking sucks. You know? Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, any movie that has a fucking random dude playing a guitar. Best, the best scene in the fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. When they when they first, Char- Charlize Theron's characters, he, she hijacks the semi and then mm-hmm. yeah they, they send out the crew yep. and then you got this guy strapped with this yeah. guitar in these fucking huge speakers see to me that it was like sets a, the tone that was a throwback to me and maybe i'm totally wrong but of like the idea of like you know in in historical wars how they would have drummers setting the cadence yeah. of a war it was like yeah. this guitar guy like yeah. setting the cadence of this fucking army exactly. of vehicles coming at you it's it like, set the cadence for the whole movie yeah right? yeah that too and of course tom hardy fantastic but i think even crazy. better uh charlie Theron. yep amazing 
must must watch. That would be my honorable mention. Nice. I thought that was gonna be in your top ten. Yeah. Right. Every single one you mentioned, I'm like, damn it. I yeah. Would, I wish I would have put it in my yeah. top ten. <laughs> all right. All right. My yours. number three. Okay. I gotta say, kudos to all of us. Well, I don't know if it's a kudos, but just interesting that we haven't had a, any overlap. Nope. really. Have no, we had any overlap? No, no overlap at all. All right. Well, I bring that up because that's going to change now. Okay. Uh, my number three is the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, nice. My only Frank Darabont pick. Oh. Josh has good taste over there. Uh, you know, we already covered it mostly, but yeah, I mean, just I think it it did such a great job at having a really epic tale mm-hmm. that spanned um, a lifetime, essentially, you know, mm-hmm. multiple decades, but yet a very personal, sad, mm-hmm. vulnerable, raw. Uh, story and and performance by Tim Robbins. I think definitely Tim Robbins' best performance in his career. Um, and yeah, again, it's just beautiful without being overly sappy or sentimental. And it, it it's one of those films that just, it's almost like the textbook definition of a classic. Mm-hmm. Like it's a classic film. Um, yeah, I love it. So, Josh, number three. Okay. <laughs> um, we get it, Bernie's. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I was going to say uh, Billy Dollar Baby. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a good movie. No, I don't know why that would be a joke. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, my number three, um, I picked from, uh, it's my only George Lucas pick. I picked uh, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, nice. Ooh, Star yeah. Wars making the list. Um, wow. I got to respect that. Yeah. It's uh, one of my earliest films that I remember. You know, like, really kind of cemented, like, the fantasy world for me. You know, sci-fi world. Love mm-hmm. the whole concept of the movie. I think it's fantastic. I definitely think it's the best Star Wars film still to this day, but it's, deba- <laughs> it's debatable for your, depending on who you are. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, it's my favorite. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I think it introduces, like, a lot of, like, the fan favorites from the series. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, Lando. Lando, yeah. Uh, Boba Fett. Uh-huh. Yoda. Was Yoda. He, he was yeah. in it. Yoda. Uh, one, of the, one of the better, like, uh, lightsaber yeah. fight fight scenes, too. Mm-hmm. And probably one of the more dramatic scenes in the whole series, so. Well, it gives us more acclimated to, to uh, um, Darth Vader as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like. And the Emperor. And the Emperor, yeah. It's actually one of the only, I think, ones, of, like, of the early series where it's, like, not a very happy ending. You know? it's right. Yeah, yeah, right. So. Yeah, that's my number three. Yeah, pick. I love it. Uh, you know that I think it's an absolutely phenomenal design of them, like rebuilding the Death Star too. Mm-hmm. That half-built Death Star is crazy. Oh, and it's my second John Williams pick too. So. Oh, okay, very nice. Yeah. yeah, of course the soundtrack and mm-hmm. yeah. If I were to pick a Star Wars movie, it would be this one. Mm-hmm. But no Star Wars movie made my list. No Wars, yeah, I got, I can respect that though. Yeah, exactly. Nick, so we're number two. Number two. Number two for me is a Pixar movie. Uh, it's, it's Wally. Wally, okay. Yeah. Um, I. I was gonna say Toy Story. More sci-fi. More sci-fi. Yeah, mm. it is sci-fi. Yeah. Definitely. Oh yeah. yeah definitely, definitely sci-fi. Um, yeah. So this movie is um, amazing because it not only appeals to kids but it appeals to adults, and that's a hard thing to do. That's a hard thing to do with a story. Absolutely. And um. And Pixar. And, Pixar nails that. And Pixar nails. This, yeah. Um. So, yeah, not only is it a good, it's a good movie for kids, but it's a good movie for adults, and it's got a lot of uh, real-world uh, implications and, you know, how humans treat the planet and, you know, what would... Uh, we're, and then, we're already making a space force. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, if we... If we then, well, implications of how we live today as well yeah, um, with, 
media and how we. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like it's, a, we, it's a cautionary our, tale. It's a cautionary yeah. tale and yeah. how we treat ourselves and um, and you know we yeah and then we're sometimes we get tunnel vision and then we kind of miss the the little beauties yeah. in the world. Well, yeah, I mean, so I mean, so much commentary on our reliance on technology, yeah. on the obesity ep- epidemic, yeah. on like the mega corporation Walmart yep. with the by and large yep. and that shit. Exactly. Uh, obviously, environmentalism and pollution, yep. like it, yeah. they nail it all. They nail. They hit every single yeah. biggest. Problem that we face. And then what today. ambition for a children's movie? I know. Having I know. the first twenty plus minutes, not a fucking not single a line word. of dialogue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's hard. And like I think you said that with um, uh, with one, one of your picks, where say very oh uh, with your number ten pick, to say a lot with. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot. Of oh, dialogue. just visual story lit. Yeah, uh, visual yeah, story. Yeah, no country for old men. Yeah, yeah. No, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Visual visual storytelling without saying a word is mm-hmm. that's a hard thing to do. And right. Pixar pulled it off so well. Yeah, and in those first twenty minutes is exactly why Wally is such an endearing character. That's why we love yeah, exactly. it because they show his clumsiness and his yeah. fragility and yeah, and show yeah, exactly. Yeah. You really care for him after those twenty minutes, and without him saying anything, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, and it's just so much fun. It's to a watch. huge accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. I'll just say it. That one, Inside Out, and Coco all made my honorable mentions. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Great picnic. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two is also uh, another overlap, one that we've heard before, and that is 2001 A Space Odyssey. Ah. My number two. Nice. We've already said it all about it, but again, just um, decades before its time. Mm-hmm. Again, the fact that blows my mind is always that like we hadn't even been on the moon when this was shot, and mm-hmm. they did so many crazy shots mm-hmm. that are that hold up better than many films today. Yeah. Um, well, just in, in the fact that, well, like when they're in space, there's no sound. Like, right, things like that. So yeah. many movies break that that mm-hmm. um, rule. Yeah, like sound does not travel in a vacuum, and mm-hmm. and Stanley Kubrick made sure that he followed the rules. So. Yeah, it's such a brilliant use of classical orchestral uh, mm-hmm. themes mm-hmm. and um, an amazing ending, mm-hmm. timeless special effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, movie came out in 1968 and uh, it's something I, I still watch about once a year it's coming out in 4k in October and <sighs> I cannot fucking wait mm-hmm. um, actually Christopher Nolan is personally heading up the restoration of the original uh, film mm-hmm. and restoring it in 4k so it should be quite a treat Speaking of you can install a computer killing computer computer <laughs> killer computer in your basement <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like Order toilet paper off Amazon. Yeah. Sorry, Jason, I'm afraid I can't do that. Yeah, exactly. It hurts. It <laughs> Open hurts the bathroom you. door, Hal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Open the bathroom door, Hal. Yeah. And then when you're killing it, it hurts. It hurts, Jason. <laughs> yeah. I can feel it. I can feel it. <laughs> so I'm taking a shit. Yeah. I can feel it. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, somebody ask you why you're installing like a killer computer in your house, you'd be like, it's because of the anniversary, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's very important to me. Yeah. All right. That's my number two, though. That's a great pick. Josh. So my number two is an interesting pick. Um, it's one of my personal picks. It's not Willow, but uh, it's a, a movie that I remember. It's like the, one of the first movies I watched as a child. It kind of got me into movies. Hmm. Um, and it also led me on to a path of becoming a big horror fan. So my number pick, two pick is the 1979 version of Dawn of the Dead. Oh, nice. Beautiful. Love it. Um, yeah. You know, it's, I think it's a, it's, I think it's a creative idea. I love the whole... Mall concept. 
Um, very limited budget. I think they had a budget of like six hundred and fifty thousand dollars for this wow. film. And they Holy got, shit! And That's they crazy. Got a, and they got a huge amount of people to come out and like participate in the movie mm-hmm. from the community. So, like volunteer basically. Yeah, and play zombies. So it's it was just a movie that like as growing up as a kid, I was like, whoa, what a cool mm-hmm. movie! And definitely yeah. led me down the path of becoming a movie fan. So mm-hmm. it's got a very sentimental number Fuck two yeah. for me. And you gotta give endless respect to George A. Romero. I mean, the essentially the father of the zombie film. Yeah. And um, yeah, you're right up with the mall. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's like the defining location of, of any zombie film. Mm-hmm. Like it's like the mall is such a great. You know, and he it's kind of sad because he, you know he probably could have been a lot richer, but they didn't. They never uh, copyrighted. copyrighted Night of the Living Dead so. or the of the dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, that whole so yeah, mm-hmm. there's just all kinds of different movies that mm-hmm. have nothing to do with him that are like something of the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could have. He just didn't care. Life. He didn't care. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember why they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So that's my number two. It's a good pick. Yeah. All right, Nick, you're number one. I'm number so one. excited. Number right. one. Wait, 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 wait. Let me think. Are we going to make predictions? Predictions! Uh, no, it's hard. I don't know what it could even yeah. be. Is it sci-fi? No, it's, actually it's not. Oh, I think I know what it is. Yeah. It's, I know what it is. Wait, it's, wait, been, wait, it's been my favorite movie I'm not going to guess that. I don't want to ruin it because now oh, I feel no, no, like... Let's make guesses. Let's see if we get him. I want to see No, no, I'm just going to say yeah. My guess is Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's the original Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Um, I just thought you'd pick a John Claude Van Damme. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, this movie is my number one. It's been my number one since I've watched this. Watched it because came out in 2003. Yeah, it's lost in translation. Yeah, great yeah. pick, man. Yeah. Um, directed by Sofia Coppola um, or Coppola. Coppola, yeah. Coppola. Um, Francis Ford Coppola's daughter. Yep. Yep. Bill Murray's in it. Scarlett Johansson. You say um, Coppola? It sounds like a vampire. Sorry. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Count Dracula. Yeah. Um, Count Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> so directed by Count Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's like a comedy. It's a mellow Colin, Colin, Colony comedy mix drama. Um, Bill Murray's in it. Scarlett Johansson, like I said. It's it's a really a, a, a it's about a guy who's going through a midlife crisis. He it's Bill Murray's character. Former celebrity. Former celebrity. He's kind of just working to make money whatever doesn't really know what he's doing with his life anymore not really in a happy relationship with his wife it's just he's plateaued essentially and he's working in japan doing a commercial for yeah. for some whiskey and where he meets scarlett johansson satori satori, satori yeah. whiskey yeah <laughs> where he meets scarlett johansson who is fresh out of college she's traveling traveling with her boyfriend who's a like successful photographer in japan and she has no idea what she's doing with her life. So they're they're two people who are just they're at they're at points in their life where they're not really happy, but they meet and they just develop a, a quick a special connection right away. And uh, the movie's really all about them just enjoying this uh, just a small moment in time together in a, in a culture that they have no idea they really don't know mm-hmm. at all. And um, and I think it's it's really reflective on what happens in real life uh, where people will meet each other and you'll have there'll be random connections and you'll make with people throughout your life and and um and you'll really enjoy that moment in time but then it's over right and you'll make you'll he'll have special memories and you have a lot of those special memories throughout your whole life and and um i think this movie just it just it captures it perfectly 
Yeah, one of the so. finest depictions of like the forming of a relationship yeah. I've ever seen in a film. It's so realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the ending is really heartbreaking. Like that movie actually made me cry at the end. Oh yeah. When yeah, um, I'll just spoil it. The Bill Murray's it, well, him and Scarlett Johansson, they have this wonderful time. They say goodbye to each other, but they're not gonna see each other again. Bill Murray is going ahead and driving off to to the to the airport to be dropped off. He sees Scarlett Johansson walk down to walking down the street. He pull he stop, quick stops and then he runs up to her and he whispers something in her ear and and yeah. they hug and you, never you don't you never know what they say. But it was a, it, but you can tell it was sentimental and it was meaningful yeah. and that really sealed the deal. I stole your underwear. <laughs> 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 I hope so. so I good. hope so. <laughs> uh, that just changed my whole outlook of the movie. Well, um, maybe, maybe, um, but yeah. So that's yeah. That's why it's my number one. Yeah, and the, the movie would not have been the accomplishment it was without the absolutely fantastic chemistry between Bill Murray and Scarlett. Yeah, yeah. Like I have, man, it was it's ridiculous. like electric chemistry. It was ridiculous, especially with the age gap and everything. Mm-hmm. They they pulled that off so well. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite film for years as well. Yeah. Um, still is my favorite film. I don't know why. It's, it's an honorable mention for mm-hmm. me, but I, I still yeah. love it. Nothing's been able to kick it off yet, so. Fantastic. Yeah. There's some prime Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. too. Exactly. Yeah. Prime. Especially in the beginning, yeah. Prime. Yeah. Well, I don't mean just physically. I mean, like, <laughs> a- acting as yeah. well. Yeah. Like, well, you're like, prime. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound like a fucking. Yeah. <laughs> There's a prime pussy right there. I'll tell you what. Well, it kind of came off that. Choo <laughs> 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 I love that tree all night long. No, no, she's a good actress. Yeah, like that yeah. was to me her acting prime. Exactly, it's probably one of the best roles she's ever. Yep, played. exactly. Yep. Uh, my number one has also been my favorite movie since the day I saw it. Um, and it came out in two thousand six, directed by Darren Aronofsky. No, oh, yep. The Fountain. Mm. So this one stars Hugh Jackman and Rachel Weisz. Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> like Wolverine's been on Every movie's Wolverine. <laughs> um, <laughs> this movie's so contentious. Like, oh yeah. Um, usually, I'm such a, a stickler for reviews. This movie is not a particularly well-reviewed movie. It's at 52 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, originally, this had actually cast Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett as the uh, title roles. Mm-hmm. Um, they left, and the budget was actually hal- halved down from seventy million down to thirty-five million. Low-budget film, all things considered. This one's tough to describe about why I love it, but I will say it is the most rewarding film I've ever watched in my life. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean its themes and its story and um, its character journeys are not transparent. Mm-hmm. There's a certain difficulty about dissecting what you've watched after you've watched it mm-hmm. um, oftentimes you don't know what's real and what's not as you're watching the story the, the story doesn't uh, necessarily always play out chronologically um, there's some kind of vague and mysterious dialogue that's shot out that mm-hmm. you kind of have to think about and inve- investigate in order mm-hmm. to find meaning from um, but if you are sucked in by the film and, and if you are willing to kind of put the time in to analyze what you're watching or maybe even put in another watch mm-hmm. uh, the story makes absolute sense down to the every single line in the film and I, to me once you figure out the meaning of the story from beginning to end 
Um, and the journey that this the main character, Hugh Jackman's character, takes from beginning to end. It's just one of the most beautiful stories I've ever, ever written, and the fact that it's so complex and that um, so many film goers and even professional critics watched it and decided that it meant nothing. You know, mm-hmm. So many re- professional reviews I've read have said, like, this, this story is nonsense. It's just mm-hmm. a bunch of pretty visuals, but don't expect anything out of the story. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, man, this is all about story, and it's, it's a heartbreaking story, and the, the concept really is that... Um, love is eternal and that um, the universe in general mm-hmm. as lifeless as it may be um, connects us all at all times and as the universe ends and implodes upon itself it then performs a big bang over and over and over again and we all live together from this big bang and we all are connected as one mm-hmm. and it's it's just a really grand uh, concept and it's beautiful and uh, Darren Aronofsky purposely used no CG in the whole film. All mm-hmm. the effects are done by microphotography of like bacteria reacting it's and, insane. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so it's absolutely timeless. And uh, this is my number one soundtrack mm-hmm. ever in a film. Uh, I still listen to it all wow. the time today. Wow. Um, but yeah, that's my number one. That's a good pick. Listen to it. I'll let you take a shit. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Josh. Why is hell 9,000 computers? Finally Sorry. time for Predator 2, Josh. <laughs> well, we, we've been waiting. <laughs> my number one pick. It was hard. It was hard, hard, hard pick to this. My heart. Sorry. <laughs> my number one pick. It was hard for me to pick between Sudden Death and uh, kick, Kickboxer and Cyborg. <laughs> Cyborg. Um, I, I had so many big names I wanted to throw on this list. But uh, the the king of them all for me would be George Miller's original 1979 version of Mad Max. Wow! Wow! Um, this, Brilliant! This is one of the first uh, dystopian fantasy futures movies I've ever seen. Um, it really just got me into that whole genre. What um, I think it's actually Mel Gibson's first film, and yeah, he just like he's such a good, I love the character Max Rotonsky. Mm-hmm. And he's always like that's always the name I pick for every like sci-fi character I play. Is Max nice. Rotunsky. Um I just love the concept. The story's fantastic. It's from 1979, and they're talking about like fuel shortages in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's filmed right. in Australia. It's just like visually uh, crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a must-watch for me. So that's a great pick. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, uh, the Road Warrior, the follow-up to Mad Max, is yeah. really the 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 most well-known yeah. Mad Max movie other, outside of Fury Road now. But um, that's a great pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I think it's got interesting characters. You know, like, I think it's got a... It's funny because I think a lot of movies, like, take concepts concepts from this movie. Um, for example, you know, like, characters that are built around cars, almost. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Put mm-hmm. A, like, big series called Fast and the Furious. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> But yeah, that's my pick. I think it's a great film. Um, definitely one of my first. I, I pick it kind of sentimentally because it's kind of one of the first times I've ever seen like a sci-fi action type film like that. Mm. So, it's out of pick. curiosity, are you are you pre- are you fond of uh, Fury Road as well? Or? Yeah, I like. I love the whole. I love George Miller. So okay. Yeah, I love the series and I love the character. Um, of course, I think uh, Tom Hardy is an excellent choice at a replacement. So. Mm. Yeah, I'd love to see more stories so, from that genre or that era. 
Fantastic. That was super fun, you guys. Yeah, that was a good list. We had a nice variety. I'm yeah. glad that we didn't have a lot of overlap. No, no. Which, I, I you know, you'd think we might have because we, we podcast together. Mm-hmm. We're into so many of the same movies, mm-hmm. but it's cool how our lists are all pretty mm-hmm. different. So. Mm-hmm. Good lists. We just mix my He hates my list. He wants to burn it right now. No, I think it's a good <laughs> list. Yeah, I'm going to go down my runners or honor, honorable mentions real quick. Uh, the Master. Which is a uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. So is this film. like is this like is this like would this be like your eleven or tw- no 20? no order just oh. outside the top ten? Uh, yeah, the master Paul Thomas Anderson film uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour mm-hmm. Hoffman. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix put in one of the best performances I've ever seen on film, um, and Philip Seymour Hoffman and him have just amazing chemistry. I'm so sad that Philip Seymour Hoffman mm-hmm. is dead. He's one of, he was one of the greatest actors Absolutely. of his time. Yeah. Uh, next up, Whiplash. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a movie starring Miles Teller. It's uh, done by Damien Chazelle, who went on to direct La La Land, but this was his directorial debut, which is insane. This is where he's teaching the drummer, right? Yeah, yep. it's about a competitive drumming, essentially, mm-hmm. and Miles Teller plays a student who wants to be the best drummer he can be in the mm-hmm. world, and, and more so than being about music, which this movie absolutely is about. This movie is about what you have to sacrifice to be the best at anything mm-hmm. what you have to sacrifice in your life what you have to sacrifice with your with your personal relationships with your physical body um, with your uh, emotions and mm-hmm. psych- psychological type impact uh, one of the best endings I've ever seen in a movie one of the most satisfying endings I've ever seen in a movie I endlessly recommend this to everyone but I feel like nobody wants to watch it I've, I know, I've recommend this movie so many times because yeah, yeah. it's it's one of my very top movies mm-hmm. this would probably be the 11 for me if I mm-hmm. if I could pick one mm-hmm. um, so watch that next up The Revenant yeah I mean yeah. fucking Leonardo DiCaprio earned yeah. his Oscar for this one amazing performance one of the best final shots of him we've ever seen when he's staring off mm-hmm. into the distance and his his acting in that just through his eyes makes mm-hmm. me want to tear up just thinking about it um, beautiful score um, absolutely fabulous cinematography lovely movie uh, I already that mentioned the scene is rough yeah yeah that's rough yeah where the bears mm-hmm. Penetrating him and penetrating him. <laughs> oh, he's being penetrated. All right. Uh, and glorious bastards, Coco, Inside Out, Wally. I already said all those. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. another just yeah. definition. Western. I thought you were going to have some Clint Eastwood on your definition list. of an absolute classic. I mean, this movie inspired essentially the entire feel of all of uh, Quentin Tarantino's films. Like it's mm-hmm. it's so stylistic. I think this came out in the '60s as well, and it's like whoa, decades ahead of its time in its cinematography and use of music and how just cool and stylistic mm-hmm. it is. Uh, Fight Club, I mentioned. Mad Max Fury Road, I mentioned. Children of Men, mm-hmm. Children of Men, one of the yeah. best sci-fi's ever made. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's right up your alley, Nick, because a lot of the sci-fi's you seem to like are are the type that like you can see it has a plausible future mm-hmm. and it has um, commentary on some of the mistakes we're making today mm-hmm. and how they can lead to our future yeah. and uh, yeah a great oh, yeah. yeah great performance by uh, who's Clive it? Owen Clive Owen yeah, yeah so good and mm-hmm. great ending um, yeah super ambitious mm-hmm. I had Shinner's List as well in my honorable mention Saving Private Ryan as well uh, Lost, in, Lost in Translation as well mm-hmm. and then Into the Wild have you guys mm-hmm. watched Into the Wild yeah I like that movie mm-hmm. yeah it's Emile Hirsch based off of a true story of a, mm-hmm. a, a guy who essentially drops out of college, donates every single yep. penny of his name to a charity, and then goes to live a simpler life, living in unison with nature, mm-hmm. uh, getting out of the rigmarole. That movie would have been on my list if Vince Vaughn wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just he wasn't a, bad. A heartbreaking story, and it's true, and it's, I, I, I've actually read the, the real um, um, biography yeah, about yeah. it, and it's yeah. it's heartbreaking and mm-hmm. a beautiful story. So those are all by honorable mentions. 
good list. Should I go mine? Yeah, Josh. Let's see it. Well, I thought I, maybe Ladybird was going to be on your list too. But yeah, you know, it's, it's so there's new. so many. Like I could add yeah. another twenty, but I'm like exactly. I gotta cut you this gotta cut somewhere. Off. And Ladybird yeah. is up there for yeah. sure. But um, I have mine in order actually, so I'll just read it. Nice. Before. So my number eleven would be Goodfellas. I think it's one of the best um, mobster movies ever. Yep. Like, can't cast. can't can't argue with that. Uh-oh. Where's my 12? Where the hell's my 12? Um, my number 12 is a movie called Life is Beautiful. It's about a father who... It's a foreign film, right? Yeah, who yeah. takes care of his son during the war. He uses kind of humor to like pretend like, oh, we're playing a big game. But right, isn't the whole concept... It's a World War II? Yeah. And it's he's essentially lying to his son, pretending that they're like in a Holocaust camp, right? Yeah. And he pretends mm. it's a game from beginning to end. Is it based off a true story, too? Yeah. It's Damn. insane. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful movie. It's older, and it holds up very well. A movie that'll make you cry. Mm. Yeah. Um, my number 13 is Leon the Professional just a movie that was very kind of just a movie that I saw when I was younger and liked it Natalie Portman's original first role Um, my number 14 this this movie comes on my list because when I was younger, I used to play. To, I used to play with action figures. I'm not afraid to admit to that. Oh and, fuck yeah! You quit playing with action figures? Yeah, what the hell? I still play with action figures. <laughs> so this movie is the movie I always watch when I play with action figures because it was like the coolest movie to watch. And it was uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh fuck nice, yeah. Nice. I just that tank scene. This is such a. <sighs> Yeah. So mine was mine was Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters. Those are my action figure movies. Nice. I just wanted to like beat up Germans, fall off. You just wanted to kill Nazis, yeah. <laughs> Not wrong with that. Um, <laughs> this movie has also made my uh, this list bec- just recently too because I'm actually rewatching through the series with my grandfather. Uh, I put The Dark Knight Rises. I'm really enjoying the second mm. one, or it's the, that's the second one, right? The third one, or The Dark Knight with uh, Heath Ledger? Yeah, that's The Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah that's what I. That, that, the second one. Yeah. Gotcha. Maybe get that good better. pick. Yeah. Um, my number sixteen is probably my favorite western of all time, Unforgiven. I just think it's a great film, and it's probably one of the better. There's westerns. a Clint, there's a Clint Eastwood film. There's yeah. like Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Um, seventeen is Casino again, one of my favorite okay. mobster films. Uh, Eighteen, uh, I I had to put this movie on. I saw it, and while I was attending classes, really kind of fell in love with it. It's a beautiful film. Breakfast at Tiffany's, number eighteen. Um. Number nineteen is Terminator. I love that movie. More and more I see it, I think it's one of the, I think it's one of the probably perfect sci-fi films. Yeah, I could go on and on about it, but um, the last pick is uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Uh, what's the time? What's upon a time in the West? Oh. Um, that's my number twenty. Uh, music. Just another is Sergio a, Leone movie. Yeah. yeah, music is such a huge thing for me in movies, and the music tells the story really well. So, fantastic. It's a good list, Josh. It was very fun. Nick, do you think of anything else you wanted to toss in or no? Not really. Are you pretty satisfied yeah, with yours? Yeah. I, I would say a lot of, of your honorable mentions are my honorable mentions. Or some your some of your guys' top ten are in my honorable mentions. So. For sure. It's, it's a list that's it's very malleable. It's always yes. changing. Yes. So really depends on the year. Tough to form. Yeah, it is. But Nick, Nick doesn't need to talk about his honorable mentions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They were good enough. Dis- yeah. Dishonorable. <laughs> it's a hard, it's, it was insanely hard to come up with a list. Yeah. So I had a lot of trouble too. Yeah. And, and when you have to come down to basically, like, gee, what do I just like to watch? Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Then, but yeah. So I thought it worked out great. It was awesome. Excellent. I, re- I enjoyed episode, it. You guys. Yeah. I was tempted just to yeah. pick all John Claude Van Damme movies. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one where he fights in the Kumite? That's my favorite one. Yeah, that's, that's a kickboxer. That's not kickboxer. No, it's bloodsport. Bloodsport. Well, yes. Kickboxer. Bloodsport. 
So I think good. all his movies are about kickboxing. So that's <laughs> Pretty <think>. much, yeah. <laughs> it's kickboxing 17. That's <laughs> one avenue we'll have to go down. Chuck Levin down? Oh, yeah, yeah man. Fucking There's so many, so many routes we could take oh, yeah. with this podcast. It's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be fun. He's great in comedies, too. He's a fun. He's a fun guy to watch. He has got a TV show, does doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like, he plays an actor and a super super agent, something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> My name is John Claude Van Balls. Or yeah, <laughs> Van Balls. <laughs> That's his real name. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you guys, it's been awesome. Yeah. Our final episode. I mean, who knows. I, you know, we haven't talked about this. I'm just spitballing, but who knows? At some point, six months down the line, we might record one episode for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know, if hey, did we have any reviews, by the way? Oh, reviews. <laughs> um, I want to claim victory. That's I what I want to claim. Not, nothing that would change anything. Um, yeah. The reviews came out for the Meg. I will say that. Where Josh, you predicted 39. Nick predicted 25. I predicted 60. I, I think I won that. I'm not sure though. But really? It, does, it doesn't make a difference anyway. But Yeah. Meg versus Jason Statham. Uh, Meg was at 49%. Oh, oh so, so Josh wins it by 1%. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah, but you still lose over. So what, is, what, <laughs> what is the final score then? So, uh, geez, you're making me work here. The uh, final no. score... I just want to rub it in. Nick 6, Josh 11, Jason 13. So you got pretty close, yeah, Josh. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. I just fell off. Yeah, you fall, fell apart. You're, the one, yeah. you're in the basement where you belong. Yeah, pretty much. So but again... Um, yeah, had a great time. Really looking forward to the future with this not another sequel project. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the idea is we're gonna have like a lot of it's gonna be like fun. You know, we're yeah. I, I think we're gonna purposely review series that are that are a mix of up and down because mm-hmm. I, sometimes a lot of that fun comes from some bad entries. Mm-hmm. You know, that you get to make fun of. If it's all pure masterpieces, sometimes it's less fun to talk exactly. about. You know, yeah, because you can only uh, praise a film so much. But it's when I reiterate to our audience that they they should watch along with us. Yes. And, make this a lot more enjoyable yeah if you don't we're gonna come and find you yeah i mean i think you'll you'll find enjoyment still if you don't just through our personalities and and you know we like to have a lot of laughs you'll have fun that way but yes definitely if Mm -hmm. if you watch through it i think you'll you'll be able to Mm -hmm. relate to you know if we were calling Mm -hmm. out a specific scene that we watched yeah you can can picture that in your head as we're talking about it so it's it's gonna be spoiler filled yes spoiler filled absolutely so get out to your local blockbuster Sorry. <laughs> Most people's local blockbuster. There's one in the country, <laughs> so your local blockbuster might be quite a drive to get there. I'm just so. assuming that all our people, the listeners are in one area. <laughs> They're in one area. <laughs> we don't know. All right, guys, this is bringing us yeah. to the end of our podcast as yeah. a as a podcast. As a podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts? No, I just uh, I just want to say again that it was it's been awesome, awesome uh, meeting with you guys every week and talking about games and. And going over the news and and talking about our weeks and sharing our thoughts on on movies and and games in general and what we how we feel and I feel mm-hmm. like it's we we each add enough um, dynamism to to the thoughts and right. and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you for our audience for listening and struggling through your yeah, podcast <laughs> with us so it's been great Josh you got anything. Well, um, since we're going on to new things, uh, I think I should let you guys in on a new thing of mine. Um, I'm currently working on a project where I'm uh, trying to f- pick a movie that describes you guys pretty well. <laughs> I'm halfway through it. I've got Nick done. i got to find one for Jason. Nice. But uh, when I find this movie that I think uh, de- pick, uh, describes your life perfectly, we're going wa- <laughs> to watch it together. So what's, what's Nick's then? Um, I can't <laughs> 
<laughs> next movie is this movie called the, the, it's called The Stepfather. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, no idea why that one. It's a it's a it's a horror movie about a killer stepfather. So, but wow, well, that does sound perfect. Yeah, it's it's a right. killing part, yeah. but yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm working on right now. So, <laughs> good. Uh, yeah, the only thing for me is uh, again, really looking forward to the future. Um, I love talking to you guys about all the stuff over the past year and a half plus. I feel like uh, you know. We, uh, we've kind of honed in our skills as podcasters and i think we also you know grown closer in in unexpected ways just through mm-hmm. bonding through our own enjoyment of our own mm-hmm. hobbies and, and sharing mm-hmm. um so it's really worked out as a really good excuse uh really just for all all three of us to to meet up and, and have an excuse to hang out and talk about what's going on in our lives so i really appreciate it enjoyed it i'm glad it's still going to be going on in a different form and uh yeah i'll miss this podcast yeah it was a worthwhile yeah. endeavor with that said, thank you for listening to episode 69 of our podcast. We aired weekly, and you could have found us on pretty much every major <laughs> podcast service. Uh, going forward, we will be uh, found uh, at Not Another Sequel, so please try to seek us out. We'll be creating an email address for that as well. Um, and moving forward, we'd love to hear your feedback, questions, suggestions, and opinions. Thanks for listening. See you guys. Good night. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Digital Relics Podcast, where we share our takes every week on games, movies, music, technology, and politics. I'm your host, Jason Stieber, and I'm joined today by my good friends Nick Sandelsky. Hi. And Joshua Greenwood. Hello. So, uh, just to kind of explain the reason that we decided to start doing this podcast, um, first of all, we're just three regular guys. We're not involved in the industry at all. We don't get invited to early screenings of movies we don't get beta versions of games we're just three guys in the midwest who feel like we have uh, a little bit of a unique take on the industry and politics and technology in general so we thought it would be fun to start this podcast we are completely unqualified <laughs> to give you any information that you were about to hear <laughs> so that means you should really listen to us about what we're, what we're going to talk about so yes uh, yeah so yeah, just uh, to give a little...